I'm standing in your house, serving justice to a man who stole your vibranium and murdered your people. Justice your king couldn't deliver. I don't care that you brought Claw. Only reason I don't kill you where you stand is because I know who you are. Now what do you want? I want the throne. <laughs> hey, you, the tuna. <laughs> Y'all sitting up here comfortable. Must feel good. It's about two billion people all over the world that looks like us, but their lives are a lot harder. Wakanda has the tools to liberate them all. And what tools are those? Vibranium. Your weapons. Our weapons will not be used to wage war on the world. It is not our way to be judge, jury, and executioner for people who are not our own. Do you expect me to talk? Welcome to episode 140 of Do You Expect Us to Talk? I'm your host, Becca, and as always, joined by my fellow cool cats, Chris Byrne and Dave Bond. How are you both? Good evening, folks. Feeling very cool. We have joined us for a cracker of an episode, because tonight we review Pink Panther, starring... <laughs> Peter! <laughs> I, went, I, I can't even do the joke version, because in my head, I'm pretty sure I nearly said starring Peter Sissons. <laughs> Peter Sissons. <laughs> Reader, that just would isn't. not have fucking worked at all, would it? That's the alternate version of Pink of, Panther, um, Pink starring, starring a Peterson. very dour newsreader as Clouseau. <laughs> right. Yeah, but didn't, didn't the original like had uh, more focus on David Niven as like the thief? Uh, the original I haven't seen it for a while. I have seen I have seen it several times, and it's really really funny. There's there's a lot of um, oh, what the hell's he called? Is it Christopher Plummer that's in that film? Herbert Lom? Herbert Lom isn't in the first one, I don't think. <laughs> that whole like dynamic with his boss comes along later. Mm. Um, really starts playing up from like Return of the Pink Panther and stuff, where he shoots the end of his nose off and things like that. Um, yeah, no, we're not doing Pink Panther, and if we were, it wouldn't <laughs> star Pete Assistants. <laughs> no. Um... But no, this is a very special episode. Um, why? Are we going to give out some social measures, measures messages tonight? Like, don't do drugs, kids. Is this That's like a, a real, is this like, yeah. a, is this like a special we're episode of our Blossom? Shouty single? Yeah. Just say, just say no, kids. Just say yeah. no. Yeah. We're going no, to teach you all about consent tonight and that sort of thing. Yes. No means no. Why is it special then? Because. We are reviewing Marvel's Black Panther. It's a landmark film. This film well, could only have, film. yes, could have only have been made. I'm joking. <laughs> they couldn't have made it previously. It could only have been made in 2018. Why? Because just because. You haven't thought this through at all, have you? No, I, haven't. Mean, no, I do think it's I a bit mean, of a landmark film. Working on it like for like ten years. Like Wesley Snipes was like, like was rumored to. To play, get him yeah, back in the 90s. Hmm. So, I mean, they were trying to make like a, a Black Panther film uh, back in the day, but it just obviously, uh, I think it's just the nature of comic book films. He had like the uh, yeah, your Batman, 
uh, and that was about it. I mean, Superman was kind of done. You know, I think no one really wants sort of. I think it was seen almost like passe, you know, though that was uh, Tim Burton tried to do that in the 90s, didn't he? So, yeah, uh, it wasn't like the thing, wasn't it, superhero films? It's only so it's no. not really kind of. Came yeah, Marvel have really kind of, they've really brought that out of the doldrums there, haven't they? Yeah. But I think, I kind of think of all the directors, I mean, at the moment, um, Ryan Coogler is definitely the one to do it. I couldn't imagine any other directors or, or kind of writing team to be able to kind of put this, this much. Um, star power onto the screen especially with you know majority african-american cast as well um i think it's obviously everything's very politicized right now but i think i think this it, is the it, right time it, to make it this would film. be really, have done it previously, it, would be really it would be really awkward if like if they did a black pan film and it was like mostly white <laughs> all the white guys <laughs> all the white men i'm from wakanda <laughs> black panther starring tom Selleck. <laughs> <laughs> The suit, gr- the suit, the suit comes directly out of the moustache. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm just. the whitest people you've ever seen. I know that's just conjured up quite a funny image in my mind. <laughs> I'm picturing his suit forming out of his moustache. Yeah. But but, but, but changes well, doesn't it? I mean, even you know, if you go back to sort of like British comedy, for example, like the landscape has changed so much. Um within the last sort of 10-15 years and certainly in terms of like you know um filmmaking as well but you've got kind of actors and and kind of people like um Michael B. Jordan and Daniel Kaluuya as well he's sort of making headways and especially you know with Kaluuya being a young British actor as well um just the fact they sort of become more prominent and gain more fame and just get more traction generally within, within filmmaking and now kind of going behind the camera it's just I kind of feel it is just really proud and it's just like yes you know makes you you know really happy well, I think, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit. We've largely tried to stay off politics because unwisely we said things in early episodes. And you go, what are you doing? You're just dividing your audience. No, it, it, obviously this is a high-size film, but we're going to step away from that. I think it's fair to say there was a little bit of backlash, as there always is, just from the... Particularly when it got an Oscar nomination, because it was like, oh, that's purely politics. And you think, well... Mm-hmm. If well, it, we... was quite, it was quite political anyway, because wasn't it the... Um, they, they did... Um, the Academy decided to create a popular film category. I think that's actually the point. I think that's actually the point that's been missed because if Beale Street Could Talk was critically lauded, had an entirely black Mm. cast and did not get nominated. I think... And you've got one like Moonlight uh, as well, for example. I think it's reflecting the fact that certain films capture the zeitgeist and and it's not always the films that get the critical... uh, They aren't always the ones with the sort of they aren't what the Academy would go for. Occasionally, the two align, like a Titanic. But year after year, you're getting films capturing all of the sort of uh, public attention, very often critically lauded as well, and they just don't fall into that Academy category. Mm. Now, I think the problem is trying to deal with it with a popular film category, which, if you look into Academy history, is actually what Best Picture is anyway... Yeah. Um, but if you if you if you look into if you think about it that way, that's not the way to deal with it. But no, they I, went about it the wrong way, I think. But I think if if there is trying to now, it's it's also imagining the academy speaks with one voice. Oh, the academy, follow me too. It was it, they're nominated individually. It's just individual members in enough of a number put Black Panther on the list. Now there were, I think there were eight nominees this year. Could have been the eighth. 
We just don't know. It's we don't know. We don't know what goes on. We don't know how how high up that list it was, but when you look at the the one thing I'm pleased for is when you look at the box office of Black Panther or Captain Marvel and compare it to other um, first entries of, of new characters in this continuity or just the films around it, it tells you there was a degree of underrepresentation happening because when this film came along it suddenly tapped into much much higher box office than we expected this one particularly in the United States this outdid Infinity War in the United States it may even have outdone Avatar in the United States I need to look that up but it did phenomenal money and I think that whilst money and quality are not the same thing I think you have to concede at that point that um, there was a, there was a need for it, if you like. There was a, uh, a a section of audience that just weren't being catered to, and if Marvel can do that, doesn't stop them catering to those of us they've always catered to. But to slip in something like this as well is not necessarily a bad thing. Looking at it on the all-time domestic list, i.e., United States only. Uh, unadjusted it's third it's behind Avatar and The Force Awakens but it's ahead of Infinity War Titanic, Jurassic so World The Avengers, the, you know, and so on Just goes to show Yeah, I think it's always like a multiple of things really I mean you have like, uh, Ryan Coogler who's a really hot director, you've got a really hot cast, yes. uh, particularly with uh, jo- jo- uh, Michael B. Jordan Yes. Yeah, you factor the Marvel elements it's a marvel it's always do well anyway it's a brand new character in a brand new world as well i mean what's one of the things i took from it is you know is seeing wakanda beyond all the you know the political stuff what we are introduced is to a brand new world that we have not seen before and that and that's made the leap from the page to the screen yeah and it and and that's also something else it's like oh this is something new it's a bit different uh and i think all these different elements factor in i mean i'd i mean i i wouldn't know what makes a hit quite frankly but I, what i do think is it's usually like a mixture of combination of things that that add up but well, when you like look at something like titanic thing. when you look at something yeah. like titanic people go dismissively well it's just girls going again and again and again and i'm thinking well yes doesn't that tell you they weren't getting what they wanted from from cinemas they were getting independence day and stuff like that which i'm sure has female fans but what i'm I'm saying is the dynamic i think when you suddenly release a film and it massively outdoes everything you've ever expected it to do plus you've got people saying i don't normally go to these i mean another example would be bohemian rhapsody the number of people i've spoken to who've been to see bohemian rhapsody who probably haven't been to the cinema in four years or three years, or 18 months, mm. or longer than that in some cases. Those who didn't go at the, at, to see it at the cinema, one or two of them have gone and bought it on DVD or something. You know, they, they you know, they don't even have Blu-ray players. They just, they, they were just wandering around Tesco one day and just picked up a copy of Bohemian Rhapsody. And it's because, you know, there are there, there's obviously a market that isn't, they're not seeing things in general release that speak to them. Black Panther's got a bit less of that because I would think the majority that went are a t- you know a typical Marvel audience. But for it to leap up to third 
all in all of all time at the US box office over and above the releases from the last few years mm. of properties we know like Captain America films and other team yeah, up films and so on. New, even though it's within the Marvel that universe. tells me there are people who went to see it possibly of you know pe- possibly largely people of color who, who just like I mean I work with someone who's who's uh, originally from Zimbabwe and her son is about 11 I think Never met him. She just t- t- told me about him. And she was asking me about Black Panther because she said her son could not wait to see it. And this will sound on the nose, but it's literally true. He said to his mum, he said, I'm going to see someone who's like me. Exactly. They're seeing themselves rep- you know, represented on the screen. So that, I think that, that's why, obviously, you know, with um, Captain Marvel as well, it's just like, finally, obviously, and obviously Wonder Woman as well, we've got you know, a woman leading the charge. We've got, you know, a female. Obviously, you have quite enough white male well, more models, that's fine. Um, but it's like, it's, you know, it's very, very few and far between that you have a woman or somebody of colour or from a minority character leading the charge and being, you know, an upstanding role. To be fair, though, if you're in the African-American community, <laughs> write to us and tell us whether you'd have been happily given up that res- representation to see <laughs> Black Panther's suit come out of Tom Selleck's moustache. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, this is a fine sort of difference as well in it because it's very much to Africa, really, more than American. There's a, there's a quite mm. difference, like the like the, the the kid from Zimbabwe is like he's obviously there isn't a big movie. Uh, well, I think I think technically there. he's from Cornwall, Chris, but oh, obviously okay, sorry. obviously his family <laughs> sorry, history enough, is Zimbabwe. Um, sorry, I I, I miss her. You know, sorry, no, her mum mum is. Um, but I just think like. None of those things need to be anyone over the head. I think it's just proof no. that it, even if you forget what's decent and what what's right and just look at the commercials of it, the more people you can represent, the more you're going to drag people in who don't normally go. Um, so it was good from that perspective. Um, with Captain Marvel, which we've already recorded and it'll be out in a couple of weeks, I think more of Wonder Woman in that um, I saw so many pictures of five and six-year-old girls at, exactly. cin- at amazing, cinemas in the picture, in in like the outfit. And I just thought that's amazing. That's just it lovely. It makes your heart so full. You just yeah. think, oh, at last, you know. I wish yeah. that was kind of that was happened to me sort of growing up. Um, obviously, things like obviously Hugh Rock, very legendary. But again, it was you know a lot of surrounded by a lot of male characters. Yeah. But it's just but like it's just. We've returned so to Becca's general problem of overusing the word legendary again there because if you've ever watched an episode of Shira, it's bollocks. Anyway, so so, carry on. so Becca, did you not have like anyone like growing up? Well, obviously my uh, mum. No, but um, on, like, my family. On, on, yeah, on but she didn't beat like... many supervillains, did she? No. <laughs> no, but I'm saying it's like you still have like you know Ripley and aliens, obviously and, Ripley, like Ripley, obviously Scully, uh, Leia, Leia, Leia in Star Wars, Leia, and exactly. there's in terms of anyone like from like, sort of minority as well. I mean, that's why this is really stupid. Someone like Doctor Who, for example, haven't um, one of her companions like be distracted for example I didn't, didn't explore it at all it just gets mentioned and there's a few little things but it's like I feel seen a little bit and it's just having that representation there but I think for why well the reason my Black Panther sits at number three um is because it's, it's a bloody good action film you know regardless Rude of else... rankings there <laughs> no no not her rankings she was talking about box office position yeah, oh, yeah, so... yeah the US yeah that, spoiler that's, alert spoiler that, alert that's strike two for me not listening to what what people say <laughs> yeah but Chris she's a Head woman why would you be listening <laughs> wow true I know about embroidering kittens when that suffice that's, like, yeah, if, if, that's if, lovely if dear anyway Chris what do you want to talk about <laughs> <laughs> man talk slap me on the bum <laughs> 
The only wearing, wearing my towel uh, onesie. Only, <laughs> very toweling onesie. I, I admire the way you dry yourself whilst looking fashionable. <laughs> <laughs> only Sean Connery could wear that suit. Also, how he could only pull off double denim and never seen ever again. Yeah, that was pretty shocking. I kind of think there were periods of his life where Michael Douglas could have had a go. Because he used to pull off wearing some weird shit. <laughs> we'll see him look stylish in, um, when we do Ant-Man. You know who could pull off double denim? Kurt Russell. Yeah. I'm sure he could have done, definitely. I'm sure, I, I know Roger Moore did in the in the mid-80s. Just to talk about, <laughs> just to talk about yeah, Roger Moore didn't pull off anything fashion-wise. It was always like, what the fuck's he wearing? He didn't pull that off. It was like, what is he wearing? <laughs> You know what it is with Roger Moore, though? It's just how, like, he just had a confident, relaxed stride about him. So, no matter what the fuck he was wearing, he just yeah, kind of looked like, yeah, he just looked like, ah, oh, I don't care. He owned it. He owned it. Yeah. Up. In terms of, you you mentioned the cast of this film. You're absolutely right. I tell you what, uh, um, Michael I've B. Jordan. I've got a whole list. Oh, let, let's hear who's in the cast, then. <laughs> and then we can talk about it. So tell I've got us all about the important Black... people. Tell us about Black Panther, Becca. But anyway, yes, this week we are reviewing Black Panther starring Danai Gurira, who got erroneously left off the last Marvel poster, and Charlie. Who? Uh, Danai Gurira. Charlie who? was left off the poster as well. No. Fuck you, Marvel! Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally, he posted a picture of, of the poster, of the new, um, oh god, Endgame poster, and he wrote like, and Danai Gurira, uh, and sent it to Marvel, and they were like, no, oh, better correct that, rah, rah. So, yeah, Charlie was a Twitter, a Twitter moment. You yeah. got the flashback then of people saying, well, so-and-so wasn't named on the last one. It's like, no, there are 12 people pictured on that poster and 11 names above yeah. it. That's actually... It was They're just, on there. It was a mistake. It was just... But, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't think it was... Some... Particularly as of the names on there, she was mm. probably the less known to audiences and the easiest to they forget. I'm out of space, but this is like, you know, it's a point in space. It was, was really an easy fix and they fixed it, thankfully. It's fine. I, yeah, there wasn't any maliciousness behind I it, I don't think. Was, but it needed pointing out and it needed fixing. But and Charlie was the man to do it. Yes. Anyway, yes, starring Danagura, Angela Bassett, Letitia Wright, Lupita Nyongo, Florence Kasumba, Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan, Daniel Kaluuya. <gasps> Forest Whitaker, Winston Duke, Martin Freeman, and Andy Serkis. And also eagle eye viewers will spot Isaac Dibankale as the river uh, the river tribal elder. I can't even speak. The river tribal, tribal leader. Elder. From the family Idris. Yes. <laughs> I was thinking Albert is the name of a river, but that's not in Africa. No, yeah, he's the um, he's the elder of the river tribe. Um he's got like the lip disc. Um yeah, and he played um uh Stephen Ibano in Casino Royale. I was like, I recognise that gentleman. Oh, yeah, the guy with the big plate in his mouth. Yeah, he's got the big disc and um, massive earrings. Oh, he was one was of like, the Ugandans. I know that face. He was one of the Ugandans. Actually, we're, we're, uh, I think... I'm not an expert on the continent of Africa, but I think when we get the little prologue at the start of the film that we'll go into later, when you pan back on Wakanda, it's roughly where Uganda is. Hmm, it's going to be roughly. around that kind of area. Yeah, roughly. Um, then, yes, with music by Ludwig Joransson, with music from Kendrick Lamar and Babamar, script by Ryan Cooper and J. Robert Cole, and directed by Ryan Cooper, and released 2018. Anyway, and that's my, that's my credits of the film. Yeah, you were just talking about, because I was reading, so I, I, I get confused what I'm reading, what it's in relation to, because I don't know if this was to do with the Disney Fox you know the Disney oh, yeah. part of Fox, but they were talking about things that were 
in development and one of the things that's in development and i knew this last year because i did a podcast on these films but uh, michael b jordan is developing a remake another remake though it is 20 years on from the last one so i don't really have a problem but a new version of the thomas crown affair mm. think, well that's the sign of how big he is now we're, we're, yes. we're now at the stage where they you know it's like what do you want to do well i've always wanted to and apparently it's something he was keen to do he's had a yeah he's now he's, in a position yeah, to be able to do it so, so. um a, a passion project mm. yeah it is it isn't just the studio want to do a thomas crown affair and like with paramount and say jack ryan they go to chris pine because he's under contract this is something michael b jordan has wanted to do for quite a long time apparently uh, so he's obviously got some sort of take in his mind and he's now at the stage where he can, he can suggest writers and things like that. So he's um, he's a big name, obviously, uh, probably the biggest name in the film currently. Chadwick Boseman first came to my attention in I haven't seen 42 yet, the Jackie Robinson film, but I have seen Get On Up and I saw that theatrically. That was the um, that was the bi- James Brown biopic. And it's fucking spellbinding. It's yeah, it's meant brilliant. to be amazing. It's fantastic, and it's fantastic in it. Uh, it was one of my favourite films of that year. I can't remember which year that is, though. I think it's 2014 that came out. But I, I, I may be wrong. He's wonderful in it, so um, I, I'm always interested in anything he does now. And I've, I'm led to believe the Jackie Robinson film's really good as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Baseball film. Baseball not being a big thing in this country, but I, I'd, be, I'd happily watch a film about it. Um, and then there's, a, you know, others in the film that are, are probably less well known. I have to say, seeing Angela Bassett dressed like that, I couldn't help but get her confused with Madge Sinclair from Coming to America. <laughs> she looked like you see, Mrs. Where, you see where the influence was. Mrs. Mrs. King Jaffe Joffa. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Angela Bassett, I couldn't place her. I'm sat there going, that's the one from Coming to America. I'm saying... Didn't she die Angela years Bassett. ago? I had to look it up when I came out. Angela Bassett, uh, obviously been in tons of stuff, probably still best known for playing Tina Turner in What's Love Got To Do With It. Yeah, she'll forever um, Tina. Easily confused with Viola Davis, purely because they both played Amanda Waller in recent years. She played the original Amanda Waller in the Green Lantern film yes, of in course. 2011. Had, had she never done that, I suspect she might have been in contention to play it in the current DC universe. <laughs> yeah, in, in, in my opinion, she should have been like the original Storm, uh, but in the original X Men. But yeah, that would have been cool. I don't know X Men well enough to comment on that. I, um, and the thing is, I don't think inherently Halle Berry's a particularly awful actress, but she was uh, she wasn't good in those X Men films. But the, that was the accent choice and things but like that. Cool, that's the main thing. No, it isn't. That's not the main. <laughs> that's not the main thing in she any film. She won the and the Razzie in the same year. No, you keep saying that. You're wrong. That's, but um, yeah, that's the, Sandra, that's somebody else I know. Sandra Bullock. I know. They did both win. No, uh, so, uh, Halle Berry picked up the Oscar in 2002 for 2001, for the previous year, not for the film 2001. She weren't in that. Um, Monsters Ball came out in 2001. The following year, she picked up an Oscar for it. And then she picked up the Razzie for Catwoman, which means she would have picked that up in 05-04-04. Uh, the following year, I think it was... Sandra Bullock picked up both in the same year. And yeah, and they, bo- and they both actually turned up, didn't they, to do the acceptance speech to the Razzie? Uh, Halle Berry, the, both of them are good. I remembered um, Sandra Bullock's not being that funny. Then I watched it again a few months ago when we mentioned it in, in some other show, uh, maybe a couple of years ago now, and it was really, really funny. 
but Halle Berry's is even funnier. Mm. Yeah, um, I know. I think Sandra Bullock sort of brought everyone a copy of the DVD of the of said film. Yeah, on <laughs> so a big like, fucking trolley. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, Halle Berry just went on to like have a speech and just sort of like just talk about the experience of how like basically how shit it was. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> so she played she... it all emotional because she did yeah. cry when she picked up the Oscar. So when she did. The Razzie, she, you know, thank, thank you, thank you for putting me in this piece of shit. <laughs> um, so yeah, Catwoman is, she's really bad in it. It's a bad film, but she's really bad in it. Oh, she's, Catwoman, she, oh my she's god. She's pulling a Derek Zoolander face every time she's that's in the outfit. Terrible film. Oh my god, um, that's that's worth us doing a commentary. I, I would imagine. A I would commentary. happily. I don't know what series we'd put it in with, but I'd happily do something. We'll just to just do, do a with. one-off. Maybe I don't. But again, when and why? But we'll, yeah. well, we might figure something out. Of, maybe we'll do some like, I don't know. Even bad superhero films, we've already done a couple, so I don't know. Mm. Maybe we'll do it as a bonus on another series. Maybe when we do the DC Universe, we'll take a week to sort of do a Catwoman. Maybe. But yeah, Angela Bassett is um, is someone I, I, I kept, just the way she was dressed, I, I just kept getting her confused with Mad Sinclair, who, who was, who's long dead. Long, long dead. Um... Who else? Uh, Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis, yeah, now a reasonably big name. bit wasted. Martin Freeman doing his wonderful American accent. Uh, it's quite interesting how, you know, obviously these two you know, really well-known English actors obviously both doing accents. But I think Andy Serkis, I just, even if he did mocap in this role, I would watch him. I, I'm quite a bit of a fan. Um, I'll happily watch whatever he does. I'll, I'll listen to him read the phone book in any number of accents. But he, he's having a great, he clearly is having a great time in the role. Yeah, a little bit wasted, but we'll come yeah, to that. Yeah, it is enough of him. Um, but yeah, I think what I'm saying is there's there's a pretty decent cast here. I mean, even things like Sterling K. Hayden and stuff like that in relatively yeah. small roles. Really good, um, um, really good cast. Known him from lots of other things. Daniel Kaluuya, who's who's been become bigger new since mm. because of like Get Out. Actually, I think Get Out was before this, but it got popularised just afterwards with the Oscar. Yeah, yeah. I think because he was in. Um, Black Mirror as well, and he's popped up a few things, especially on UK TV that have now become available via streaming, and people have discovered him through that, and then coming to him. He's really good in Widows as well. Yes, Widows, that's a brilliant film. Uh, I saw Widows like, he, literally about three weeks ago, and it's, I liked it a lot. He, he's, he's, he's like seal steely, he plays such an intimidating villain in that, in that film. Yeah, and he's uh, quite a little bloke, really, or he yeah. can't, you know, so to be able to do that is quite impressive. Yeah, he still has quite intense physicality there doesn't he despite mm. you know yeah, I, I've not seen him in a vast amount of other stuff but he, he's one of these faces I knew he popped up in different things yeah um, he of... always be tea leaf in Psychoville to me though yeah never that was a good series I didn't particularly get on with Psychoville that well I it was a bit, a bit weird, but I very, loved, very good. I just didn't but find it, it that funny it, but, it's all, but it's always nice to sort of see these like sort of like low-key British um TV shows and then they like, make it like big in Hollywood. Think fucking hell, it's like Simon Pegg. Exactly. Like yeah. think back to like fucking Big Train. Think you just think think to yourself back then like exactly or like space. And you it's like, you would not you would not believe that like that guy would be like really in like a big franchise and that now. <laughs> you really wouldn't yeah. think. Um, yeah, yeah. You uh, might believe Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, but you wouldn't believe Mission Impossible and Star Trek, would you? Yeah, no, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And of course, it's worth mentioning in quite a small role, really, Forrest Whitaker. Yes. Oh, and Winston Duke as well. He's 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 an actor who's getting. Um, yeah, he's fun. It's, it's good to see him. He's around. an us. He's an us. Yeah. 
Winston Duke. Yeah, I haven't seen us. I think it's quite well known to listeners now that I think to say I dislike horror would be too simplistic, but it's it's not massively my fucking thing, so I've got no intention of going to see us, but it's one of those things that when it pops up on like Sky Movies I might take a look at it. Have you have you seen Get Out? No, because it's one of those things I keep meaning to and then I pick something else. Yeah, that's yeah. my okay. problem with horror it's not inherently i can't like it i wrote an article for a fucking website the other day on let the right one in i think that film's magnificent but it's it's one of those things that i go to watch it and then i pick something else um and you know i do have to pay to go to the cinema i don't have an unlimited supply of like you know i have to buy the vouchers albeit they're cheaper because of a you know a, a site i can access to get them a bit cheaper um and I live a certain distance from the cinema now, and it's one of those things that like I have to pick and choose, and I don't tend to choose this. Someone wrote to me yesterday and said, "Have you seen Pet Cemetery?" And it's like I'm not really going to bother. Um, it's just not, it's not my on your radar. It's not on it's, your radar. It's not my thing. So it does mean I've not seen a lot of this guy at all. In fact, I'm looking through a quite limited filmography, and I've not seen any of it apart from Infinity War, obviously. He's been in Law, Law and Order. I've not seen that. Or not that particular version, anyway. Person of Interest, I never watched. That's uh, a good series. I've heard it's good, but I've not seen it. Um, so, really yeah, on that TV. So, he doesn't actually mean much to me, really. It's Yeah, it's it, there's certainly some names in this cast, anyway. And, of course, I, I forget to mention Lupita Nyong'o. Lupita Nyong'o is probably it's the most decorated of all of them, thanks to yeah, 12 Years a Slave. That's such a good film. Um, 12 years so Well, it was one of those films that I watched that felt like I was watching something that was good for me rather than was, than was in any fucking way enjoyable or in, or even that interesting. I don't, I don't know what the fucking point of it was at all, to be honest, but she was superb in it. She no, was probably too, the best yeah, thing she really in it. She gave a performance of a lifetime, I think, a real powerhouse performance. And I do believe she picked up Best Supporting Actress for that. Mm. Much, much deserved, richly deserved, for sure. So, yeah, and, you know, in some respects, she's not just by weight of what people that have been... She's not the typical Hollywood beauty. It would have been very easy to cast a very different vibe as a love interest to her. So, I like that. I think she's quite beautiful, though. You know, she's kind of... Yeah, but she's not... No, but she's not typical. She's not typical. No, I I think that's... You I mean, mean like, I, I, is it like a Halle Berry or Beyonce type? Yeah, or, or even at a push of Zoe Kravitz or something. She's not yeah, typical. Okay. But then, then you kind of... Um, I, I find that quite slippery slope, really. Um, because it's kind of like... Um, I, oh, I I think it's more of a Hollywood thing, really, to myself. Yeah. That's all I'm, that's all I'm, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. You kind of go into the realms of like what, what Hollywood thinks is, is pretty, and, and I find that just a bit of a slippery slope. But yeah, no, no, I, I see what you mean, definitely. In terms no, all, of, I'm, all I'm saying is looking at it like that, that you would expect a studio to interfere on casting decisions like this. Yeah, and it, say, it, hold on. And it appears they haven't. Although they but didn't like this, it, for example, it's, it's refreshing that we don't see like Beyonce or... You know, pe- people that like that. Be, or, or, that would have been stature. really distracting, to be fair, if Beyonce had turned up in this. And this is it, but, yeah, um, you'd be like, oh, it's Beyonce. So. They didn't even interfere to say, what's that British guy's fucking accent like? <laughs> <laughs> These two white guys, tell him to talk properly. Becca, I saw your um, rankings at the end of last year. I think you ranked your, your films of the year for something. It might have been Set the Tape. 
Uh, oh yeah, I, I had to do it on the fly because I hadn't watched very much. Uh, and based on what I saw, I'd like to hear from you first on this film, please. I can't remember. <laughs> Did I rank it quite highly? You ranked it higher than Infinity War at the time. Yeah. No. That's, yeah. No. I just I was just thinking about it. I should say when we come to rank these Marvel movies. Doesn't mean um, you have to rank them the same way when we do the rankings episode. But no, on the I, fly, I your first reaction is Um. I think with it with Infinity War, I did struggle because I'll tell you about it next week. Um, yeah, 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 we don't have to go into that, but I'm saying you clearly no, had a great. No, in, in a nutshell, too busy, too much going on. They're still very good, um, but you no, know, with this one, um, as, as you said, Chris, it's a it's, it's a new character, it's a new world. We've not seen it before, well, unless you've read the comics, which I haven't. Um, but I'm aware of it. I'm aware of the history and and how, how the character's been perceived and, and created and, and where it's come from. Um, but yes, it's a new character, it's a new world we've not seen before. And even with the, the political aspects of it as well, and obviously watching it as a, as a white woman, um, you, you have to cast all that aside. And I just kind of went in and thought, right, I'm just going to enjoy this. This, to me, looks like a, an absolute belter of an action movie, and it is. I think it's probably one of the um, better action movies of, of the series. I had a really great time. Um, I had a good time watching it here um, on home release. Um, I kind of thought it's it, it's one of the, like the slightly longer films. It's not like massively, massively long, like Corsi with Endgame later on in the year. Um, but I think it's one of the slightly longer films. Like I dragged it a little bit in the middle, but you know some of the set pieces are brilliant. Performances are top notch. As I say, we talked about Andy Serkis previously. I um, don't see enough of him, but he's having a great time in the role. He hums it right up, and I happily watch him in anything. Cast are all on top form. Really great, nice big name cast. Um, some of them are kind of like what, what's you know what's hot right now. But, you know, they're not flavour of the month. They're actors who, you know, go from strength to strength and will quite go on to create amazing, you know, films at top tier movies. Um, yeah, great cast, great performance. Um, visual effects are, are top notch. One of the best looking films ever. I'm sure in 4K it looks immense. Um, but having said that, there was, I watched it again on, on Blu-ray um, to prep for this. I think there was probably one scene... Um, Gene Killmonger and um, Black Panther and they're fighting like along by the train tracks, um, and it does veer slightly into like video game territory. But it's literally just one one particular special effect in one scene, and that's all. Otherwise, looks fabulous. And to me, I've, you know, the, the money's on the screen for sure. Um, script is great. I just enjoyed, I had a really really good time. I <laughs> really enjoyed the film. Um, love that you know we travel around the world. For me. It's got a bit of a Bond thread going through it as well, which I think is really cool. I massively enjoyed that. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting to see this new world portrayed in a new way that perhaps we haven't seen before. Um, but well, yeah, when it does come to the time to rank the Marvel movies, I will probably rank this one maybe top five, if not top ten. I'll rank it certainly very highly. Uh, yeah, uh, I, you know what? I, I rewatched it again today, and I. I, I like this film even more than I did previously. Uh, I think generally my feelings are, are are basically the same, but I think it's 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 a really good film. I think the only the only real gripe is that it kind of loses its way towards the end. It just feels like a little bit rushed, and and you have to get to the big fight, and and you know, say with two CGI characters fighting each other. I almost feel it's like a bit of a lost opportunity to bring the old suit back because they just you got. Two people fighting the same suit, and then after establishing that he's gone for the old to the new, and I thought, well, you had the opportunity to like sort of, oh well, I haven't got me, I'm suit. Well, here's here's the old one. You have to use this in the meantime, and um, 
and with the yeah they do they do, yeah, they do miss out there a little bit don't they I think so it's difficult to tell between them yeah it does I mean similar. I mean I, I suppose it would be like art to repeat itself like it did with uh, with a soldier with a soldier and yeah. Spidey Spidey had to go back yeah. to his old suit as well yeah. Although that True. was starker because he went back to a homemade one, I know. But yeah, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally just we're in the pajama onesie. Literally, literally, literally just remember that well, that's Marvel's done that already now. So, uh, but yeah, anyway, um, <laughs> write down. I'm sorry, I'm a twat ten times. Oh, <laughs> lovely. I throw in the odd bottom comment for a couple of our listeners who are fans. <laughs> now and again, <laughs> love famous, you know, dirty jokes. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Other than that, yeah, I, I, it's got really good performances, uh, re- really good uh, character development, re- two really good villains as well. I think it's what I think that's what really makes it. Other than the world building, it is the we've got two villains. Even though one of them is kind of wasted, at, wasted now. I mean, I would have liked to see Claw. He's, he's uh, a great character, but yeah, because because in in Avengers, he's very much like, oh, so what. Uh, and, and here you think, oh wow, he looks like a fun character to have around the Marvel universe. Oh, never mind. Yeah, so they do away with him. It's like, oh, for the moment he's on screen though, he's just he's just yeah. so much energy, and he's just crazy. You know, he's just utterly nuts, and he just does not does not care what goes on. Death, destruction. If he can make some money out of it, fair enough. Yeah, he's exactly the sort of villain you kind of want. Uh, you want you probably wouldn't want as the main villain. But to have a villain who pops up every now and then, yeah. I think it, I think it'd be He's really a typical cool. Comic book villain, isn't he? He's kind of very, yeah. very colourful, um, but yeah, com- completely mental. And yeah, I don't agree. But I say somebody like Killmonger as well. He's sort of, he's come from. You, you can you can see. It's difficult because you can kind of always sympathise or empathise with him. You can kind of see where he's come from and see why he's he's juxtaposed 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 in that way. Yeah, he's more credible, anger, more believable. Yeah. He's not just your, your angry, he, oh, you know, family problems. He's very aggressive, very focused. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a clear line running through. You can uh, see where, where he's coming from. Mm. He's sort of one uh, of the more but can also, like, but yeah, but it's also, be, it's because he's, like, he's very, like, angry and aggressive. It's like, that's what's fueling, and that's, that's what's fueling him, and that's probably why he is the villain in the day, because he has that line of thing. He's that aggressive, that kind of, like, that that kind of thinking, you know. So, yeah, there's a little Jeremy's... bit. This will sound odd, but there's a little bit of Adonis Creed in him. Hmm. So that would be my next point. I wonder. Ado- if Adonis there's... Creed had a massive fucking chip on his shoulder and was quite petulant at times. Yeah, they're quite similar, aren't they? They've mm, they're they're, they're, kind of they're not played things. entirely differently from each other. No. Uh, when you think the director has cast, yeah, Ryan Coogler as well. Yeah, he, and he's written it as well. So Ryan mm. Coogler has written. He's written this for Michael B. Jordan's voice. Exactly. I mean, they, they, you know, they, they often do kind of work together, don't they? So. Yeah, 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 definitely. So I, I never thought about, but yeah, that's that's, pro- that's probably a good point. I mean, yeah, he isn't quite like you know, wants to fucking colonize the rest of the world and shit, but <laughs> 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 uh, but you know, it's sort of like you know, to, to take over the world, take over the world like be the race, but or anything like that. But yeah, no, um, but yeah, but but generally speaking, it, you know, it is. He, he is a good villain, and um, uh, we have well, we got two good villains really. So uh, yeah, I think that that's what kind of makes it for me. He also had a really good lead in um, Chadwick Boseman. Uh, he's quite sort of stoic and uh, and quite engaging uh, generally throughout the cast. Uh, the, 
they were all kind of engaging really uh even in the name so i can't even remember now but yeah david i um i always liked this film was always positive about it but there were a few problems i had with it when i first saw it um the visuals are fine the visuals are, are very nice in places but there are scenes and i think this befits the first in a series if you like the first time you move a character front and center you're not quite sure how popular it's going to be so at an extreme example thor looked so cheap and i keep on about it i know but that is the poster boy example of we don't know how this film's going to do um even iron man they, he didn't look cheap but there's less action in it than you remember because it was right at the outset um, there are scenes in this film, Marvel have this, you know, kind of vanilla sky effect I've referred to before. And we see it when uh, uh, T'Challa is is um, challenged, when he's challenged by either uh, Killmonger or, I think, earlier with, um, what's he called, M'Baku. Um, that, that looks like a set. Now, it must be digitally enhanced because they won't have built up that far with people stood there. But there are scenes in this film that still manage to look a little bit cheap. So that bothered me a little bit. Um, the other major thing that bothered me, or there's two other major things that bothered me, one I no longer have a problem with, um, and that's the fact that Chadwick Boseman, I'd, I'd only seen him as James Brown. Now, James Brown was an asshole but any time you read up on that man he was not a nice man his behavior towards women lots of things about him were certainly not laudable but he had phenomenal stage charisma and he he carried himself with an incredible swagger and so i'd seen chadwick boseman burn up the screen in the only other thing i can think of that i've seen him in there may be other things and when i first saw this this film I thought he's the less, the least interesting thing in his own film because he was stoic with a lot of quite playful and interesting characters around him like his sister and Okoya is a, is a really great character and stuff like that. That's gone away now I think with reviewing I, I don't see that film, I, I, that, that, that in the film. I see a man struggling with his, with his conscience, with his ideas of what a king should be, with his father's legacy. I see it a different way. Um, it's one of the worst examples for third act fucking drift though for me um, looking at it today it's it's a reasonably long film and it's somewhere around that hour and a half mark maybe about an hour and 40 in it just goes action 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 and it's too long we spend about 30 minutes on that battlefield and that's far far too long um, and I think the whole because you're trying to set up the world, which they do extremely well, I have to say. I mean, because people say, well, it, re 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 it reflects African culture, but of course that country does not exist. So it has to be kind it's, of it's, a... It's very much of a world of the future, isn't it? Yeah, well, yes, but even the cultural tribes and stuff, it yeah. has to be... It's, it's, it's all a mix of that uh, could have got know, some, various different elements. That of... could have got a backlash, couldn't it, though? I mean, if you put out a film saying this is the culture of wherever and then you actually end People up, up going, no, it's not you know yeah you, you peel back any sort of any country you've got different cultures you've got different dialects you've got different languages yeah. you've got different... and of course they had to be a bit more generic on that but they did a great job i know he talked about uh talked about basing a lot of it on lesotho mm, which is like yes. a little think it's bigger than but think like san marino or monaco or the vatican or something yeah it's, it's, all the countries that make it it's, it's it's a country encased in another country it's within yeah. it's within um South Africa. Country. yeah um but anyway i um 
the third act I, I had a real problem with it just it does go on far too long it's like it's in Guardians of the Galaxy territory but because mm-hmm. they built <clears throat> spent so long building the world up the transition to power of uh, Eric and then the whole what happens to T'Challa and they're bringing him back and straight into battles really quick uh, I didn't put a time check on it but from the moment he's beaten to the moment he's back on the battlefield probably isn't that long um, and so I felt the second half of the film's rushed, but at the same time, they're rushing to a sequence they then mm. spend far too long on. So, I, I, sorry, go on, Chris. What do you want to no, ask? No, no, I was just about to, well, comment really. Like the whole bit of him like getting defeated, it kind of reminded me a little bit of like Superman loses his power, so he has to kind of like re-establish who he is. It's that typical superhero thing, isn't it? Of yes. Or like I have to find like oh, it's kind of like in Spider-Man. It's like if you, if you're nothing about a suit, then you shouldn't be out. And it's have working it, so. out what, what I didn't see the first time as strongly. I saw it. If you asked me about the themes of the film, I think I'd have named it. But it's much stronger on rewatch the 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 motivation again written by the same man who wrote Creed. And when you think of um, you know it, it's much more in Creed two, which he had nothing to do with. But this whole idea of working out why you want something. Not just because it's in your bloodline or you're meant to. It's not only, but it's also why you want it, but also what you want to do with it. What do you want to actually do with this? Do you just want the title of king, or do you want, yeah, do you want to, to be... use your powers to be able to do yeah. do, you, do you just want to continue what your dad did, or do you want to do something new? What it, What is the fundamentally finding who he is and actually choosing to be Black Panther is is a metaphor for that anyway. Mm. It's all about identity, isn't it, really? Isn't it? So uh, there's a lot of that in the film. Um, I, I, I will add this. That I think there is a bit of a, uh, a problem, like, because when he does, when he gets, like, defeated and he gets flung off the waterfall, we next see him, like, like sort of in, like, almost like a, a coma type thing where they give him, like, the, the Black Panther thing and he wakes up, he's like, oh, he's Black Panther again. You know, there's no actual recovery or I need to do, I need to do something to to get to to get my powers back it's a bit shorthand isn't it he's, you know he's, given, I mean? he's given the the juice of the herb but, but apart from that it's a bit shorthand isn't it maybe shorthand if you recover from yeah. an injury but i think because we we need to sort of get into talking about the film from scene to scene and so on i think if i had to summarize this again i've not ranked it although i've got a, well, I've got a fair idea because i've always got an outline i think it's top tier marvel just and what I mean by that is there's a handful of films that are a little bit better than it overall in terms of probably fewer flaws or a little bit more interesting in certain ways. Yeah, oh yeah, top ten. I think when, when I first when I first saw it last year, I think gut feeling is it would have been about halfway. Um, but now but off the last few weeks it's gonna rank ahead of Ragnarok, it's gonna rank ahead of Spider Man. Spoiler alert, it's gonna rank ahead of Captain Marvel. Um and definitely gonna rank higher than Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel's gonna be to me. Um, oh, Captain Marvel's in the middle somewhere for me, but we'll see that. I don't know where I'm gonna place it. For those of you listening to it, listening to this, obviously you've not heard Captain Marvel yet. You've just heard Chris say that he did. But I have not... monstered it. I didn't monster it. No, at he all. didn't monster it at all. And in fact, you've you might want to think about that, Chris, only because there are films earlier in the series you were way tougher on. Probably, um, probably. Yeah. So, but yeah. I, I didn't say way bottom. It will be in like the bottom oh. pile. Oh, I see what you mean. Bottom probably ten. about halfway for me. But anyway, the point is, um, 
the point is, there's a couple of team-up films that are better than it. It's not as good as The Winter Soldier. I'm sorry, it isn't. The Winter Soldier is almost perfect in structure and execution. And um, as, as well, the, the original Avengers movie, I think that still ranks really high. I, I don't think film. I think this will probably rank just behind that as well. But but at its very best, it's better than it's better than it's better than most of what this universe comes up with. <laughs> it's stronger than what we've covered in the last two or three weeks. It has themes. It has a vision which I don't think Thor Ragnarok had. It has a scale and sort of majesty to it that perhaps Spider Man Homecoming wouldn't have. Um, so yeah, it ranks really high for me, but there are a handful that are better. It's gonna be it's gonna be darting around at the original Iron Man or something like that somewhere. But uh, yeah, that that's it for me. I I really enjoyed this, and it's getting. I think the mark of a very good film for me is it's getting better over time. I gave it a reasonably lukewarm thumbs up on our summer review last year. Now I'm saying it's in the top third or just below. Yeah. Of Marvel, I think just below actually, because the top third would would be top six or seven, and it might just miss that, but it's very close. I like it a lot. Yeah, it'll definitely be in top ten for me. Um, I, I can't I can't say for sure whether it'd be top five, but it'll, I'm, I'm yeah I'm reckon, I'm saying. Neither of us. I re, I remember the summer review though, and neither of us would have. I none, none of what we said would have had us rank it that high. So it's getting yeah. better over time. Yeah. They're definitely, I, I mean, like, especially like the first two thirds. It's just really kind of, it's yeah. it's really high quality. I don't uh, like the last third of this film. I yeah. have to say, but there's plenty in this continuity that I feel the same way about. But of course, I can't put it top when I don't like a third of the film, which is, you know, the same as Guardians, you know, and so on. The the highest ranking film that I feel that way about is probably Iron Man because the last third of that's not great either. But the first two thirds is such a blast of fresh air. That I that I can't but rank that really high. With that, shall we discuss this film sequentially? Let's do it. Yeah, go on then. Uh, a prologue, a little prologue. I like this. I always think of Man of Steel and 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 Wonder Woman when I see pro- this prologue. Mm. Uh, I suppose Wonder Woman in the way the story's told, and Man of Steel in that style of things being formed out of what looks like coal or carbon yeah. or something like that. Um, yeah. This is basically telling us that uh, a, me- a vibranium meteorite hit Earth. It hit what, what became Wakanda, got into the soil, got into the plants, got into all their sort of everything they would make textiles out of and all that sort of thing. And so, you know, plants grew like the heart-shaped herb that would uh, give somebody that, you know, superhuman abilities along the lines of a sort of Captain America, a bit like a super soldier serum. And, and uh, gives everyone like a little luminous thing under, un, just under their lip for whatever. I don't know why, how that. I don't know where is. that came from. I didn't know if they were branded at birth. I still, I still, they that still, that was not explained, Chris. Yeah, yeah that's, that's one thing. Yeah, we don't find out. Like maybe it just happens like if they're born. I mean, and yeah, that's just perhaps where it comes from. Like I a mean, birthmark, for example. I I would assume that it would probably be like like uh like a initiation tattoo type thing. But if Killmonger has one. When he wasn't born there, I wouldn't have thought that would be so. I I, I don't know. I don't know if it's yeah, how did you... plot hole, plot hole. Um, well, it's it's not explained. I don't know. I mean, they, it could it could it could have been something they they did in America. I don't know. But well, um... if you're listening, please tell us. <laughs> Never I know. Take, I I take it back. This film's awful. Uh, no I'm joking. <laughs> uh, <Perfect>. No. <laughs> 
uh, yeah, what, what kind of struck me is that this is kind of like a superhero um, origin of an actual area, of an actual, um, of a little sort of, uh, I was going to say city, but like, an, like a pocket of the earth, you know, it's like that land essentially gets super, superpowers and the people sort of advance from that. Yeah. It kind of works in that sort of same way. Yeah, and of course, uh, so there were, we're told there are five tribes that sort of come together to form the nation. One of the one, a fifth tribe refuses to. Um, that's the tribe that has uh, Mbake in it that will come to later. Um, something that we're told there's a vision that leads the you know, one of the tribes to you know become the first king and first Black Panther with that herb. Um, and then basically they say as the world sort of lurched into chaos they decided to sort of again there's there's a lot of t- sort of um if you were to look at the f- agenda of the film it's very pro-globalism mm. so of the film the, the wakanda becomes very um isolationist and actually has the technology to shield itself mm. so what looks like a third world country from outside when you fly through it's a new modern it's new modern cities and you know, technology based on vibranium, so they're miles ahead of the rest of us and miles richer than the rest of us. Um, it's still, it's still recognisable as our time, but it's everything's a bit more advanced. So you know, five you know, minutes into the future. Well, I noticed on the streets, it's actually um, trams running on like a, a glowing line that's clearly it's like vibranium. Maybe, yeah, it's it's a, it's not cars and things like that. So their technology is like cleaner. It's way ahead of ours. Um, and so, yeah, there is a line of kings that become protectors as the Black Panther, so they have these superhuman abilities. I don't know what's stopping other people taking the same herb. I'm assuming the king has access to all of it. I think we're told that yes, later, aren't we, really, when Killmonger burns it? Yeah, I am. Um, poss- yeah, possibly. It's probably also like... Um... A tribe, uh, like a tribe, it's like you know, it's like people just generally don't do it because it's like sacred. Do, do you know what I mean? They're all kind of like, think, well, that will never do that. That's yeah, I mean, what's that, to stop one of the cleaners nicking one? Do you know what I mean? But it just doesn't <laughs> yeah. happen. But, but I think it's like, oh, that that will be sacred, and everyone has that kind of like that. It's tradition, isn't it? So yeah, that 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 kind of thing. It's like it's yeah, it's like they all kind of have that same belief. You know, we it's mean, like so unwritten rule. You don't, we don't see. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, I imagine. I mean, again, it's like no. I'm I, I'm speculating here, but um, well, unless we find in the sequel, there's a bunch of super fucking powered cleaners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that that, that explains the next film is like, okay, well, it's all all been all been burnt now. Uh, oh, actually, a bunch of people actually stole some and that's made another point. That's another point, actually. If you think back to Civil War, he already has the power when his king, his yeah. father, is still alive, leading me to wonder. Is it always a ceremony where they're given the power, or is it actually passed on genetically? Okay. Then it's removed as part of their whole confirmation, and then given back to them by the power. I.e., if Chadwick Boseman's character had a child, would that child already have some of these abilities? Well, they do specifically because they go from the, when, they, when we do go to the the uh, the tribal ritual bit, they are they do go for each of the tribes and say, "Is anyone?" Um, is it, it's, a, it's a challenge of this tribe, and then they finally go to uh, 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 Chakala's tribe, and they and they say, "Is anyone from the bloodline?" 
So it's like anyone who's like, that's how uh, Killmonger is able to challenge, because he's from the bloodline. He's from but, the bloodline. Because yeah, that would, if, they, if they left that dialogue out, that would be a plot hole. Yeah. I've got a right to the cr- throne. Well, that's like saying Beatrice or Eugenie do in our royal family. No, yeah. you don't. You are a cousin to the heirs. Yeah. Um, so it's, a, it's something that you have to officially fight for, but you've done in a kind of... It has to be done this way, so... Yeah, so I'm a, the, the slight hole is... I mean, I don't know... I, obviously, the Black Panther title doesn't goes with the monarchy, but presumably you can abdicate abdicate one without the other, because in one of the early scenes of the film, you know, I never freeze. Well, that means he's been doing this a while. Mm. If he's been doing this a while and his father died the previous week, and we saw him turn become Black Panther right after his father's killed, so you know he was already he'd already taken up that mantle. Whether that means his father no longer could, would, or whatever, I don't know. And the film isn't quite clear on that. It doesn't really matter, I don't think. Yeah. But that that is I mean, a... I don't know. I mean, again, speculating, but I think like we did uh, when we did Civil War, but I, I imagine it's kind of like, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit old. I'm a bit old now. Uh, you are my... You, you're my you're my sort of heir, so you are my kind of like... Um, you are Prince Regent to that bit of the job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're you're you're, you're practically like the the, the guy who does all the physical fighting shit. You're like, <laughs> yeah. I'll I'll do the sitting back eating grapes and getting blowjobs <laughs> bit. Yeah. It's a tough life. Yeah. Okay. So we we get that as the prologue. Um, it's this hidden country with endless technology, endless wealth, five tribes. One tribe of one of those not loyal. And a line of kings that take up powers not unlike the um, Super Soldier Serum. Very sort of Captain America level, if you like, I would imagine. Um, But obviously they take on the mantle of the Black Panther, so it's much more cat-like in the way they move. I I like all that. I think it's a really good little prologue. Yeah. Yeah, we just, we're just setting up, doesn't it, I think? And it's all done in the style of the technology of itself, isn't it? Or this kind of like... um... Man of Steel sort of material that just sort of moulds and. Well, when they talk to someone over an intercom, their their heads form in mm. that way, don't they? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we do have the I, I. That was the another problem I had when I first saw the film. It was expectations as well. I went in expecting a Bond film because it effectively said, "Oh, this is the closest thing Marvel will ever do to a Bond film." It was actually. It pretty much is. is. Well, it's that's factually correct, but the film stops being anything like Bond after about twenty-five it, minutes. It, it, it's oh, always yeah, that's it. it. It's only a bomb film that once the once he's finished doing the tribe, he have the, essentially the cue scene with his sister. Yeah, yeah and, and that's it. And then the it, goes, and it goes on a mission in the casino. So yeah, that's yeah, where... yeah, the casino scene, pretty much. That, so that the is... idea of like being armoured by you know having an armourer and travelling the world to do these missions, some of them sort of formal dress areas like casinos, which looked very very like the one in Macau in Skyfall. Um, but also the very first scene of the film is like a Bond opening caper. Yeah. But yeah, it stopped after about 25 minutes. I was really disappointed because I just thought, if that's what like this is going to be like, I will take endless fucking Black Panther films. Because <laughs> um, it didn't feel exactly like Bond, but it had so much of that flavour that it was bound to speak to us. Yeah. Uh, but the opening sequence, I just thought was great. He's flying into a region to basically extract his former lover. Uh, Nakia and 
I, I don't know what the arrangement is, but she's in and amongst some mercenaries or something, isn't she? Yeah. It's a travelling convoy at night. And it's like, I never freeze. I quite like that. Don't freeze. I never freeze. So that's like, Akoya can talk back to him. I like that. I never freeze. And then I, he jumps... Sorry, go did, on. So they did miss an opportunity, like, sort of, when he, when he does... When she does say, you froze, like... It, he did miss like opportunity to retort back and say like, "Well, so I need you handle it," kind of thing. But, he didn't, uh, yeah, he didn't. He didn't. Yeah, they, they did have. Uh, a, they they'll correct that in a sequel, but they they do have T'Challa just a touch too stoic. But some, yeah. but that was exaggerated first time I saw it because James Brown, you know, just like getting yeah. up, which I recommend to anybody. Um, but I like this just this simple extraction. It just the way he moves, the tech he's got on him. You know, to stop the cars and things like that. It's amazing. Again, it does feel like a set at times, though. Particularly when he lands on the ground and they all stop, it feels like a set. So, it, it's one of those films that look it looks strangely cheap in places. Go on, Chris. Sorry. It gives also the impression that our Black Panther's almost like the like the like a a mysterious guardian of like Africa of in of in that area. Do you know what I mean? It's like that kind of. You know, no, no one sort of outside of Wakanda really sort of know, knows like what or who he is. But yeah. it's just that kind of like that yeah, because this is of... like I can't remember it's Nigeria or something. This is yeah. not actually Wakanda. So it's like this mysterious protector, you know, kind of. Yeah, I can't remember if that was before or after we see 1992. Uh, it, it was, it was after because we see it, it goes. From... Well, I think that goes straight out yeah. of the thing, doesn't it, to 1992 yeah. before we get to present day. Actually, the way Marvel is structured, it would be. Because if you think of Guardians 2 in that, you get like a flashback and then... Um, 1992 chosen for a reason, if you think about it. That was the year of the LA riots. Yeah. Uh, the whole Rodney King thing, the people that beat... The policemen that beat him up were all acquitted. And then there were six days of riots in, in LA. complete distrust and police. Yeah. And again, it just feeds... You don't need to know too much about all that. If you didn't spot it, it doesn't matter. But it's the fact that the whole themes of this film are, do we help downtrodden people that look like us, i.e. people where, 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 African, where Africa, people of African descent are minorities and not being treated as well. <clears throat> so it's very deliberately 1992 and it would have radicalised uh, Sterling K. Hayden, the, the, you know, the king's brother. Mm. That's yeah. what would have radicalised him. Living there and seeing how we're all kings at home and in fact i'm literally royalty mm. and then i come here and see people living in these like downtrodden projects and like an innocent man well not an innocent man but a man being certainly overbeaten by police um and the riots that came out of it so i just think 1992 is deliberate and it isn't just the fact it needs to be a certain period of time beforehand <clears throat> um so what we later find out to be killmonger's father is the brother of T'Chaka, T'Challa's father and mm. the current king uh, or the king in 1992 anyway um, this is played by the son of the guy who plays the older T'Chaka mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you noticed oh, that I didn't know that Yeah, I looked it up earlier because I thought well they haven't used any de-aging here or anything no um, the guy who played hang on, the guy who played T'Challa <clears throat> Sorry to Charles Chadwick Boseman, but the guy who played T'Chaka is called, and I'm looking it up because I can't remember, uh, John Carney. Mm-hmm. And and his son plays the younger version of him. How about that? Very cool. 
which is really cool. And you've got Unpack. two guys there. One Sterling K. Hayden who won't make it out of the scene because he's killed by Chaka here in full uh, Black Panther regalia. And the, the guy with him, we will later find out, is uh, Forrest Whitaker's character, Zuri. And it's yeah. all to do with the fact that they've been give it, they've been effectively giving the means or smuggling or whichever way it is vibranium to claw to be able to get it out there onto the open market to help the downtrodden which is a bit of a fucking blunt tool actually because you've got no control over who buys it no but that's the general idea to stop this protectionism they don't like this idea of shutting themselves away but while two billion people who look like them is the way it's put suffer no it's difficult isn't it it's one of those things that's like do you help others or do you just kind of look to your own and yeah, and T'Chaka is isolationist. Yeah, he's very much just itself, you know, keep it keep it secret, um, just pretend on the world stage that we are a third world country and that we don't have all this mineral wealth and and, and riches and, and technology. So it it's it's very much like tradition, like we've got to maintain our tradition with a protectionist, yeah. But if you, if you look at sort it, of, I mean, Japan did something similar, obviously for, for for many many years, obviously it kind of kept itself hidden, and then you had the adventure of, of like. Um, you know, Portuguese kind of boats and everything, and then they decided, oh, okay, in the 18th century, let's open ourselves up to the world. And obviously, America went through its own period, the 30s after, you know, after the the, the depression and everything as well. Said, okay, they went through a period of actually, can't even speak this evening, isolationism. Yeah, it'd be very much like, oh, we need to like preserve the way that it's like, it, you know, it's done us well so far. So, why why should we? And also the technology so far ahead. If you let it yeah. out there, you you lose you might lose control of it. Yeah, it, it's not an entirely. The film does have a view. The film does sort of lump onto one side, but there is an argument on the other side. It isn't it isn't throwaway. It's not too bad at all. So the guy who plays Sterling uh, Sterling K Hayden plays whose name I've completely forgotten. His son is Eric Stevens, Killmonger, as will later be. Mm. Um, has a different name, but that's the name he sort of uses because he's left in America with his father dead. They mm. don't take him with them, which will obviously... He becomes radicalised after that. And that will set up the plot like quarter of a century afterwards. Yeah, it's very much like sort of the... the the, the I was going to say the sins, sins of the father is passed down to the sons. You know, it's like the... You know, it's... It's, it's that it's that kind of thing like sort of we are you know are we responsible for what our ancestors or or or, or fathers have done previously you know or should we? Yeah. um so yeah so where, where we are so we definitely so come, come straight back to them so uh, uh the the next thing would be um they, they obviously, comes back, yeah but he comes back so first we see that shield he flies at what looks like a load of sort of sheep, mm. you know, sheep, a load of trees that would have like goat herders and stuff up there. And they fly through the barrier and it's a new modern city. The one liner is this never gets old. Mm. Uh, they fly in, meet um, King Jaffy Joffa's wife. <laughs> uh, yeah, not Mad Sinclair. Uh, we meet Shuri, his younger sister, who I believe is only meant to be about 16. He's she... not keen to be. <laughs> yeah. Shuri is... Uh, <laughs> that's uh, coming to America. Voice of an angel. That's coming to America, and he does sing it totally like that, poor bit. <laughs> oh, that's so much. When's the album coming up? <laughs> I, I, yeah. 
his voice would give out after one song. He'd like to release an album, please send it. In time for Christmas. He sent X amount of dollars too. Just in time to be in your stocking fillers. Not in time for Easter, no? No. 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 (laughs) What, in five days? Quick, go on, you can do it. Well, you can knock out any old toss in five days, can you? Yeah. All right. So um, yeah. So this is this is he's going home to be to be crowned effectively. Uh, when he picks up Nakia, uh, so he's got Nakia with him, his ex girlfriend Lapita and Yongo. He's got Akoya there, who's like, I suppose one of his like warriors. He's kind they're of the king guards, a bodyguard. The king's like, guard, Danai Guerrera. They, are, they, they are, are. They are loyal to the king, so they, that's what. They're, 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 whoever, whoever the king is, they are like. Yeah. We are the protectors of the Very, of very visually striking as well, bald yeah. with that outfit and the spear mm, and stuff. Don't mess with those ladies. And yeah, they're going home to basically have him crowned. Shuri, his sister, is only about 16. She will, t- She's quite sassy and she will turn out to be effectively his cue, his quartermaster. Yeah. Um, Bit yeah, of annoying they... character, if you ask me. But, uh, she's used but in I... relatively small doses, so I'm not too yeah. bad with it. But, yeah, no, she's, she's very cool. I, I, not, I, not too much on the nose. I, no, I, I, I found it a little bit too, like, I don't know. But Did you find it trying too hard to be funny all the I, time? I, I just find it a little bit too... It's like, over, it's like that over-hyper kid. You just think, oh, just enough now. But I will say the actress does have genuine screen presence. So it was kind of like a mixture of like, yeah, but there's something engaging about, engaging about her, but at the same time, it's like, oh, fucking just turn it down a bit. But so it's a kind of a mixed emotions. But yeah, the, the actress herself is good. Yeah, she's really good. British actress again. Well, you know, you know, brought up in Britain. Um, Guyanese born, I think it says. But yeah, but but uh, I had to look all these people up. But well, not all these people. Some of these people who I've not seen in other things. Um, she's significantly older than the character, but again, still younger than most but of the she, key yeah, players got, in this. Yeah, the really nice sort of fresh appearance where she can play. Any range. Yeah, we go straight to his uh, his coronation, effectively, mm. which uh, is a set I didn't like. I didn't get on with this first time I saw the film. I thought, what am I watching? Because Marvel do this digital sky replacement thing, possibly because sometimes it sets anyway, and possibly because it's their signature look. Well, it's a little bit more, there's a bit more crimson in it than usual because of where they are in the time of day. But it's largely got this vanilla tint to it. And they stood in this on the top of this sort of waterfall, effectively, with what is a very obvious set expanded by CG with all the tribes there, ready for him to be sort of challenged. Uh, all officiated by um, Zuri, the Forest Whitaker character. Um, I thought this all went on a bit long. I don't know. A lot of people who were praising the film were very positive about this because they thought, oh, it showed all the different tribes and. African culture and stuff, so maybe it's just me, but I, I was quite glad when this scene was done, to be honest. Are we in a, in a kind of way that you've seen it before? Like, oh, right, we're seeing a, a tribal combat ritual. It's right at the start of the film. He's clearly going to win, so there's no tension in it. Yeah. I think it's just to show us something a bit different, which I kind of respect, but again, I think it just looked like sets in Digital Sky. But Becker's barred broadly right on the visuals of this, but the couple of times it doesn't work, it really doesn't work, and I don't like it here. Yeah. I wonder if there are some kind of aspects which perhaps don't don't gel or don't kind of I don't know. I'm, I'm sure that there are some aspects um, on the culture. I say, well, that's not quite right. Or that doesn't quite fit. But I think 
it has, it's, it's not a single African culture, is it? No, it has, this is a made-up country. This is it. It's one of those things where, because it is such a melting pot of, of cultures and languages, that I think it does quite well to do the broad brushstrokes. Um, it's like the same, you know, when we go to Korea later on as well. It's kind of like obviously it's meant to be the sun, but it's kind of it could be like Seoul or it could be any other kind of Korean city, really. Um, again, which is a melting pot of, of cultures. So, but anyway, that's my point. I think it does really well to paint broad brushstrokes. Yeah, we also get yeah, introduced to Umbarco as well and their tensions. Because uh, obviously he does... He's, well, he kind of spares his life, to, doesn't he, to, to a degree. He kind of, like, encourages him to, like, look, pass out. Or, sorry, tap out. Tap out, yeah. But yeah. The whole wrestling idea, yeah. So, yeah, so he's he's now king and he, and he has to and take the uh, the serum again to have the vision that's the point before they're challenged to make it a level playing field they have a, they drink a, a potion that removes their power which looks quite painful it looks yeah you really like feel poisoned. that he's going through pain doesn't it? yeah and they you know the veins all stand out for a second but yeah um so they fight on a much more level playing field which is how he's able to lose later effectively because he's fighting a real soldier this kind of reminded me of things like thor where you get, he gets visions of his father and can seemingly commune with his father in the afterlife. Mm. Uh, this is kind of consistent with this. They're put, they're put, they're laid in some pit, completely covered. Uh, I think they're given the, the the sort of ground down herb again to give them back their powers, and they basically commune with their family line. So in his case, he's given T'Chaka to meet, isn't he? And in this case, he's just basically telling you, he's in, he's on like, what would you say, a plane by a, tr- a plane as in P-L-A-I-N. Astral not plane. A, not, a, not an aeroplane. <laughs> yeah. Astral plane. Christ, you two are, would be great at Foley work. <laughs> uh, particularly Chris, I it's felt. Like if, it's like if you're feeding a little one, it's like, here comes the plane. Um. <laughs> Get ready, get ready for the train. Choo choo. <laughs> it's a little bit like that, isn't it? Ooh, I looked around then, thought it was a real train. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, he talks to his father, but on this occasion, it's purely about he's he's not ready, and I'm not ready to be without you, and that sort of thing. Yeah. And he says, "What sort of parent would I be if I hadn't prepared you? You are prepared. Yeah. You are ready. So at this stage, it's purely about being ready to be king, not about what he wants to do with being king." <laughs> So yeah, it's quite well written. All the pacing problems is about how they present the action and stuff like that later. It's actually very well written. Mm. Where do we go from that? We must go to um, preparing for a visit to Busan. Yeah, so we, South does, Korea doesn't have the 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 Q scene. Uh, yeah, he's got he's going to go to Busan. He says he's going to take Okoya and Nakia with him. Uh, yeah. And then he goes to see his sister. Yes, yes, because of um, Claw. They, they, they have Claw's made appearance because we would have had established uh, the the heist in London when it, when he takes the vibranium. Sorry, we haven't mentioned that. Yeah, tell us about the heist in London, Chris. This is where we first met meet Eric Stevens. Yeah, me. I think it's in the is it British National Museum or something like that. I think it's like the exhibition of Great Britain. It's a exhibition doesn't no yeah it's a museum of Great Britain it doesn't really exist. I don't think. Uh, well, the British Museum does. Well, the British Museum does, but because uh, that's that's not far from where I used to stay when I worked up there. Yeah, but, yeah, um, of course. But, um, we, yeah, we I have... think they make a museum up. Yeah, 
and, and, we and, have... and put it very near like the town hall on the south bank i think and we have killmonger looking very hipster yeah, yeah. He, he really does change isn't he the whole look of him does change and um, through the course of this film he goes from kind of hipster to I mean, not <laughs> the other end of the spectrum. He, he, he's dressed like a proper, so like, like celebrity rap music kind type type person. So he's like, obviously, like, he gets like an like an expert in. And he go, he's almost like kind of, oh, educate me on this. What's this? Mm-hmm. What's this? And so, so he kind of has to like just entertain, entertain. Uh, but um, they manage to smuggle poison in, in the in the coffee, and then they summon. Um, uh, the paramedics. She describes this artifact to him, and he says, "You're wrong. It's made of vibranium." Mm. So they're there to steal vibranium, and it's so valuable that, like, an axe head or a pickaxe head or something like that, is just worth unbelievable amounts of money, and is incredibly valuable in use as well. Mm-hmm. So he's there with Claw just to basically steal. Claw comes in, I think, as one of the ambulance staff, doesn't he? After yeah, she's yeah as, as paramedic. Yeah. Yeah, and then and just like kills. Yeah, they, they got people everywhere because yeah, um, Crawl comes in as like one of the paramedics, and his his mate is another paramedic, and then there are the con there are the contact works in the gift shop or something like that. They've yeah, got people everywhere. They're there to steal that bit basically. Basically, um, so. and then I think they get wind that it's going to be like fenced in Boozer. It's going to be sold yeah. there by Claw. Claw set up a deal there. That's why he needs to go there. So he's getting ready to go there, and he goes to meet Shuri first. And Shuri is is in kind of this film's version of the quartermaster's area, the quartermaster's lab. Mm. Yeah. The first and thing uh, she shows him is shoes that don't make a noise. She ribs sneakers. him for wearing. Sneakers. Yeah. yeah very she cool. ribs him for wearing like flip flops or something, doesn't she? What you're wearing yeah. those in here, like sandals or whatever. Uh, and then she shows him uh, a suit that grows. She mocks him for the suit. Oh, we're having a fight. I'm being shot at. Let me just put on my hat, helmet. Yeah. Um, and then she shows him a suit that will grow out of Tom Selleck's moustache. <laughs> nice cameo. Nice cameo from a naked Tom Selleck. No, they should have, they should have had Tom Selleck and just like yeah. remove his tash. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> How do you stand there naked? Make some joke about it being magnum sized to like wink, <laughs> wink at the audience, yeah? And then, you know, steal his Testarossa and drive, you know, to that in South Korea. Yeah, no, he's shown us, she's shown us suit. This really does set the scene for the nanotechnology we're going to get on Tony Stark's outfit next week. Because I had real problems with that, mm. still kind of do. But at least this sort of suit that appears from nowhere is trailed here. Yeah. It, it it grows out of the it grows out of the necklace basically. Mm. It just spreads over your body. She does something to the back of his head. She just like like almost like barcodes it or something and says now think it there. So it's basically he can control. She's put yeah. some implant in his head that basically if he thinks of the suit the suit will appear, which is why he doesn't say anything and then like the helmet will appear and disappear and that mm. sort of thing. Um, the other thing she shows is him is that it harnesses energy as well. Which is the which if for those of you who've seen not seen the film or just seen pro- promotional materials for it, you'll sometimes see some streaks of purple in it, and that yeah. is where it's been storing energy. You punch something a couple of times, the third time you go to punch it, it will it's almost having a force field effect on you, yeah. or repels you in fact. Yeah, and then we go to Busan. Yeah, Busan, South Korea. I had to look this up earlier purely because. Um, 
I'm woefully unknowledgeable about that part of the world. I've got a fun fact about Busan coming up. Uh, well, the fact isn't about Busan it, uh, particularly. It's more the fact that that's South Korea. And I thought, where is it in relation to Macau? Because it looks so much like that I, that iconography from Skyfall. Mm. Um, the city doesn't. The city reminds me much more like... Uh, what I thought of when I saw them driving through the city later was the video game Sleeping Dogs. Which, oh, I think yeah. is, which I think is set in sort of some of the rougher bits of Hong Kong. Mm. I didn't play the whole game. I, I played a bit of a fair bit of it though, and it reminded me of that. Um, but certainly the actual casino and the inside of that. I'm sure if you put still shots next to each other, they don't look that much alike. But I had to look up how far Macau was from Busan just to get some idea. It's about a three-hour flight, but it is broadly in the same part of the world. Obviously, China versus sort of South Korea. Um, but yeah, they go to Busan. Yeah, and uh, Everett Ross is there. Everyone's favorite agent. Like blending in with his, his impeccable accent work. <laughs> hey, uh, to be fair, I've got uh, accent aside. I do uh, the, the way he plays it. I do like his take on this kind of like sarcastic, um, mild-mannered. Well, yeah, mild-mannered agent. Yeah. Um, I like him, and I've always liked Martin Freeman. I mean, uh, you could never have predicted this is where his career had gone, would go. Um, but again, I don't think the Brits, Tom Holland aside, are covering themselves in glory in the accent work in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They're just not, yeah. and he's he's really bad at it. But then again, uh, um, after like seeing Hellboy, which has just come out, um, there's a there's a few uh, American doing Brits Brits accents. So I think it kind of works both ways. There's a yeah. The, Who was particularly the, bad in that? Well, you know, I won't say bad, but the um, the two main leads that are not Hellboy. Uh, Daniel Day Kim and um, yeah, they're, whatever they're both, the girl was called. Both, yeah, they're both American. Yeah. Are they? Um, yeah. I thought he was all right. She was less all right. Yeah. But um, yeah, we. I think we both watched like Hellboy last night, the reboot that's like flopping badly. Um, yeah. No, I'm not saying that isn't the case, Chris. But it's just like I mean, it, it's crunching, and you think, well, mm. we're not from that country, so if we're hearing it that bad, how Very bad true. is it sounding to them? Yeah. Um, because quite often when Americans do British accent, they're not too bad. What they normally get wrong is like the social class. You know, you'll get an American in the centre of London sounding like the Queen, you know, or, you know, on a housing estate, but they sound like the Queen or vice versa. You know, they'll be in some posh environment sounding like a company. Um, but broadly speaking, <clears throat> he's all right, though. He's quite likeable. And now I'm kind of used to it. I've me I'll mention it. I've mentioned it again, but... When he turns up again in the Marvel Universe, I probably won't now. I've had my say on it, and he is quite likeable. Yeah, so it's all, again, very Skyfall in that they're all connected by mm. earpieces and stuff like that. Yeah. We are, we are you know, stop one stop touching your rear line away from it really feeling of the same vibe. Yeah, mm. it does pretty much for me. I just thought, oh, this is a bit of a retread. But I still really enjoyed it, though. And yeah, I must agree, when, when this kind of scene comes to an end, that's when it stops being a Bond film for me. I don't make it any, any less of a movie. Obviously, there are some similarities, but yeah, I kind of got a really Skyfall esque no, vibe some of the best, in the section some of the, of the film. Some of the best work of the film's gone. This does feel quite Skyfall. Mainly, mainly the way it's lit, I think, and that it's a similar part of the world. It's a far busier casino. Hmm, um, and when it kicks I was, off, I was trying here, to look. Do we do we see a, do we see um, Sid Man in the scene? I couldn't see him. So 
This is higher octane action when it does kick off as well. Definitely, definitely. Um, so they become aware. The deal is actually being done between Claw and the, um, the, the is it the CIA? I think it is. Yeah. That's what yeah, the deal he's, he's is. Yeah, he's there to kind of do a deal with Claw. And I can't remember how, but it just breaks into violence, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 for what I can imagine, I think they clue on to, um, uh, what's the name? Uh, Zoki? Or, or Koya. Oh, Collier, yeah. Uh, I think the uh, Claw's men let onto her, then then a fight breaks out, and then that just kicks everything off. Right, and and, and Claw's got this like arm that opens up to be weapons yeah, and yeah. stuff. It's it's pretty cool. The only thing that did make me smile is when you got the flashback in 1992, and he's accused of aiding uh, uh, Ulysses Claw. Yeah, yeah. You get like a shot of him, and I'm thinking Andy Serkis did not look like that in 1992. They didn't de-age Andy Serkis enough no. for nineteen ninety two. It looks like he's, he's lived quite a life. He he, he he's, he's he's looked the same for thirty years. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, so it kicks off the other nice bit of technology they've got is they've got like you can virtually pilot vehicles. Yeah, they they put the they put like a little transponder on a vehicle's roof and it can be driven by like Shuri in Wakanda. Mm. Which is kind of cool. I like that technology, that being able to virtually pilot something, if that something is somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and the action sequence here, obviously, d- d- you know, because it's more CG and because they're meant to be superhuman in their power set, this obviously moves us away from Bond. This is a lot of acrobatics between cars and stuff like that, isn't it? That's really cool. I love this chase scene. It's actually an electric chase scene. And the music in the background as well is just... It ends on a nice visual gag as well because you, you end up with um, Akoya bringing herself to, to a stop by digging up half the road with a spear and then like Nakia appears beside her in just the car seat <laughs> um, which I thought was a pretty nice joke it wasn't too overplayed yeah I like all this. It's pretty good. Yeah, and, um, and, and taking out the car of the spear, like sort of using it as a, like a thing to crash into. Yeah, like, like uh, it's quite inventively shot. When you think though that Ryan Coogler, when you think what he did with like a boxing match in mm. Creed, with a single take and things like that, he, he he does put some thought into how he presents visuals. Yeah, and this is probably my favourite sequence of the film. Yeah, definitely. I think it's probably the best overall action scene. Certainly, action-wise, it is yeah. anyway. And again, we've we've had very little Killmonger at this stage. He's only been in one scene, and we're probably, I'm guessing, half an hour into the film, maybe longer. Mm. Um, they capture Claw. They do manage to capture Claw. The CIA have got him. Ross goes in to interview him. He's batshit, as you'd expect. Mm. But um, Claw does tell Ross that this country is not what you think it is. Yeah. That yeah. They don't have these tiny, scarce resources of it. Uh, you know, they've actually got loads of vibranium um, yeah. in expe- I'm all your speed kind of thing. Like It's expensive on the world market because so yeah. much of it's out there, but there's actually loads of it. Um, you know, I, I think even when we'd met T'Challa, we still thought vibranium was rare. And of course, it, it isn't particularly. And then I think, that, yeah, they're going, they're going to sort of... Um, Eric attacks the breakout um, claw. Mm-hmm. Um, Ross gets shot in the back, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, and actually, he show they show they they look after him first rather than chasing Killmonger. Yeah. yeah. And they take Ross to Wakanda, to Shuri. Mm-hmm. And this prefigures what we see in Infinity War with her trying to sort of take the um, 
Infinity Stone out of vision. She, you know, she everything is technology. You know, it's it's not like medicine is a separate branch per se. So she, yeah, she operates on him. Yeah, it's like, it, you know, they can pretty much do anything. They can, like, heal death almost to a degree. They don't waste time explaining it, actually, and I did laugh at that in the summer review we did, because how did you fix me? Vibranium? And it's like, yeah, but what does Some, that mean? Somehow. Somehow. <laughs> yeah, we know we know there's technology in it, but you haven't even got a scar there. You're yeah. feeling for it, and it's not there. So and, we don't know how it works. And, 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 and there'll be doctors watching it thinking that's utter bollocks. <laughs> and, and it's like, but vibranium is in danger of just being a day of sex machina. How did yeah. you do that? Vibranium. But it's such a minor point in the plot that I don't think it really matters here. But I'd be watching for that in Black Panther sequels. You've got to be careful. It's, got, it's that Doctor Strange problem. How did you sort it out? Well, I waved my hands around and that sorted it. How, how did you sort it out? Vibranium. And I, I didn't like that first time I saw it, but I suppose it's just to put him back on his feet. Do you think it's potential uh, for bad things to come? Not like it's all bad mistakes, you know, bad habits of just explaining things by just oh, easy cop-outs, like, oh, magic. Yeah, I think it's a big risk, but I think um, I think at least here, if you think about it, it's an excuse to get Ross back to Wakanda. Mm. Wakanda is isolationist. You want him there. It's the first time an outsider is going to see the technology, which will yeah. prefigure what's coming. And obviously they're going to use the character in the end sequence anyway. Do you need him? Yeah. Not necessarily. You could probably do without him. But having brought him into the story, they've decided they want him to see Wakanda. They need some way to get him there. The best, the best idea is to injure him. And if you injure him, you've got to fix him quickly. Therefore, yeah. vibranium. Yes, yeah, be like life threatening enough to be like it will. The film's too in a court. Yeah. If he goes anywhere else, he, he's going to die. But only the film's the film's like 135 minutes as it is, so they yeah. haven't got a lot of time. But I do remember just going when I heard that first watch. It was like, no, that's lazy. But it's on such a minor thing. I don't know that it matters. So yeah, they, they come back and obviously empty-handed because uh, he, he he promised that he would at least either kill or bring Claw back. And so that that's that starts to weave like this uh, mistrust of like well you yeah and he does it he does admit that's his father's worst mistake as well he does admit that was his father's yeah. worst mistake to not capture Claw or his biggest failure yeah um, yeah so we have Claw and Killmonger they're trying well they they're getting away and, and uh, Killmonger says to him uh, he dropped him at Wakanda he's like. Why would you? Why would we need, want to go there? Want to get and then they have a, a shootout basically. Claws a mercenary. Yeah. Although he's so rich after the events of um, Age of Ultron that Lord only knows why he's doing this. But yeah, he's still only interested in the money. Uh, yeah, and they have a bit of a shootout. Killmonger kills him basically. Mm. Uh, but it serves his purpose because he can take the corpse back to Wakanda and say, "Look what I've achieved that your king couldn't." Yeah. Because right now no one really knows that he's got a birthright just yet. He needs us a bit of support around him because T'Challa's a fairly popular... They're a popular family. Yeah. So, yeah, he brings back uh, the body and I think he bumps into... Uh, what's he called? I've, I do have to look this up. I do. I struggle to remember all of the names. Daniel Kaluuya's character, yeah, yeah. Wakabi. Yeah. yeah. Wakabi is basically dating Okoya, we find out later in the film, but is a lifelong friend of um, 
of T'Challa. So he's already, where did you get that? How did you do that? I think mm. he's already kind of a little bit impressed by Eric. Yeah, because he, he's instantly kind of like, oh, well, he's succeeded where his his failure is. But there isn't any anything else other than that because he starts backing him up on everything else. Like, oh, well, we you know in terms of like, oh, we need to get back on, we need to uh, change our ways, we need to adapt kind of thing. It's like, oh, he's, he's just a bit too quick to do that, you know. But maybe it's just romanticism of it all, maybe. Um, so, yes. It's a, there's a lot in this film. I mean, considering they spunked away a whole half an hour on Act 3, there's quite a lot in this film. Yeah. And um, I think at times it feels a little bit... Overstuff's the wrong word, particularly given what we're going to cover next week. But they rush certain points and belabor others. Uh, you know, I stand by everything I said in my open r- remarks, but... Again, I, I don't think I fell as in love with the Killmonger character as a lot of people did. Not because there's anything inherently wrong with the actor or the right, but it's all a little bit rushed. You know, it's all a little yeah. bit like I, suddenly he's back there. You know, he'll be king within about 10 minutes of the running time from here. It's, it's yeah, it's not that great. But obviously he does, you know, he is brought in to meet uh, T'Challa, who's basically sat with his inner, inner council or whatever they are on the throne and he says that he's, he's he explains who he is Chakar does know at this point uh who he is because he has um Zuri explain it to him because he because he, 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 before he does um the ring he's like his his family ring or his father's ring like round his exit so he's like hang on so what what's going on so he explains the fact that um of what, what happened with his brother back in uh, California, uh, in LA, and and that in order to, def- in trying to protect him, he ends up killing his own brother. Yes, and that's what it was. There was a little mini mm. shootout. He didn't just walk over and stab him. It wasn't yeah. quite like that. It, yeah, he was like, you, you have to come back and that's the crimes, and he, he, he tries to shoot Zuri to betray him, and then as a result, he ends up clawing him in the chest, which results leaves... Uh, Eric to come back and find his dad dead and, and figuring out why. Yeah, and we'll, we'll see. We'll see a bit more around that mm. in, in just a while because of that whole vision thing that's been set up. Mm. Uh, he he asked the challenge that the challenge doesn't have to accept this, but he does. Yeah, I think um, he, I think he has to really. It's like you know. Yeah, by by the sort of culture of the country, he doesn't have to, but yeah. story wise, he does obviously. Yeah, I suppose politically as well, because if it's like, what well, you you failed to, you know, it, it would have been like a, a mark and it would have been like, you know, so it's like, let's just end it, let's get it done. But I didn't understand that at the time. I mean, you're right, when you rewatch it and you see the first challenge at the start of the film, anyone from the bloodline. Yeah. I think I missed that, because it is only momentary and they, they go around all the tribes one by one, so you could easily miss it. And again, you tend to think of your own monarchies if you have them or historical monarchies, if you don't have them. It didn't make any sense to me. I've got a right to the throne. No, you don't. You're his cousin. <laughs> so that didn't play well the first time, but you're right. It's easy to miss, but it is there. Yeah. So, yeah, so we we have the fight. Even though low, low crowd turnout, you know, because it's, you know, Short notice. I was uh, yeah. Back to the fakest looking set in the film. You know, the, the, you know he's likely to lose, just by where we are in the film. So again, drags like, Superman to it. Drag drags like fuck, 
Uh, has his powers taken away again? I think that happens to a couple of times in this film, obviously. And it's just like, oh, fuck's sake, again? It was a bit, it reminded me of the Raimi films where the Spider-Man kept taking the mask off and every time it happened, it was like, again? It's a bit like that with his powers here. I don't love this. I don't love this. The only thing I did think of is when he took his top off and he's got a scar for every Mm. kill. That's very like Victor Zaz from um, the Batman Rogues Gallery. Yeah. He scars himself for every kill. Played by the lead singer of James in Batman Begins. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What did you make of all this, Becca? The fight that's coming up again. I think it's it's an epic fight scene, but yeah, it's just the whole thing like... You know, you've got to go through the whole kind of thing again. The Actually, yeah, like, the yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah. kind of like more of the same, isn't it? I mean, it's just, it does take a while to get going. It's just like, you've just got to get through it. But I must say, yeah, my point earlier about the that one scene on, on the train tracks looking a bit CGI, I must say, the way these the two, like, initiation sequences are lit, I mean, in terms of my studies of, of sort of film, the practical side of it, I'm not like, very an expert when it comes to lighting, but I must say, the lighting in the scenes, like, where he, um initiated into becoming Black Panther and then now again where he's having to fight um, Killmonger for, for the challenge does it's a little bit awkwardly to me it could be it, may, it might it be looks like, like a set it does it, oh, I was thinking don't reference Dying Another Day don't reference Dying Another Day but it kind of looks almost a little bit like it's, it's lit as if and it makes it a bit, a bit kind of hyper real but too obvious that yeah. it's on the film set there's a but shot in Dying Another Day otherwise just... it looks really really good Action well talking brilliant. of Dying Another Day the colour the colour's not the same but do you remember the scene where well, it's a terrible effect but I'm going to talk to the reaction shot afterwards when Halle Berry di- dives backwards off the yeah the exactly like that yeah, but after that, there's a reaction shot of Pierce Brosnan. Yes. And they shot that later. They shot that later on a set as an insert. Yeah, they shot it and out of stuck a digital sink. sky after it. And it looks really shit, if you notice it. But it's an if you notice it, I don't think everyone does. And it reminds me of that, now you mention it. Yes, exactly. That's what I thought of it. It looks like too like digital and, and not natural. Like the lighting. And, they, and they've kind of they've messed around with it and, and played it and tried to make it look as natural as possible. But... This, to me, to be fair, it might have been, you know, I haven't got the latest all singing or dancing 4K TV, so it might have been my settings, I don't know. Um, but it did look a little bit fake and it took me out of the film a little bit. But otherwise, I've got nothing wrong, no, you know, no other problems with that sequence, apart from it's like, oh, again, again. Um, but, the, you know, the, the fight is fantastic and the action is, is bang on. Um, but again, yeah, it's just like, how many times is he going to do this, you know? But other than that, Fine. I, it's a, it, there's a degree of nitpicking in it, but yeah, it's just the whole ceremony and all that. But yeah, it, the, the, the long and the short of it is he gets his ass handed to him. Yeah, uh, he's he's very ruthless, very aggressive, um, and yeah, he just basically just kicks kicks the shit out of him, and then and then and then and then um, Suri tries to offer his life to say, look, he'd actually really the only reason why father is dead because he he you know he. Because he, he tried to kill me, so look to kill me instead of me done with it. He goes, no, nah, I'll just fucking kill you, kill you as well. Uh, Which is not your best PR move at your inauguration, is it? No, no, not really. There you go. I mean, like, really, you should have said that before they started fighting, maybe. <laughs> yeah, not, not when you just now you've stuck him in a coma. I'd like to save him by. Yeah, never mind. It's all right. So yeah, he's out of. Immediately, and we're sort of we're halfway through the second act now, anyway, and there's not a lot left to tell us now, really, because we have to see a little bit of what he does as king, 
Because yeah, we're is, hurtling towards third act now, really, aren't we? We are. Everything now is just about... He's going to go straight to exporting weapons, or vibranium weapons around the world, to mm. empower... <coughs> putting it bluntly, black people in around the world. Yeah. People who look like them. And again, made by an American studio, this is very much speaking to those sort of those people who maybe feel that the same race is not getting the same shake in that country. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then T'Challa's presumed dead. The rest of the kind of royal family have to kind of um, leg it before yeah. they're hurt as well. Okoye stays because she's King's guard. No, she doesn't like it. No, she doesn't like it. What then? Uh, he, uh, he, we have, he, he, he gets the, um, the proper ritual where he gets like the Black Panther magic. And he has, he, he has the, he talks his, to his, he talks to his father yeah. in that, in that apartment in Oakland. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he goes to, he talks to his father and the sadness of this scene, and it's one of the things that plays so well it, on rewatching. It's not often you get the villain in the film cry on screen. Well, it's as a boy he's talking to mm. his father in the boy in the body of the boy, mm. and he's saying no tears for me, and he says everybody dies, and you just think what a fatalistic, lost attitude this young mm. man has. If he's grown up in sort of a, a very rough part of a you know, a tough mm. city, then may- maybe he has lost a lot of people to drugs or gun violence or uh, shootings or, or, you know, whatever. Uh, and they're just that horrible fatalistic attitude. And it's only when we sort of switch to the male, the adult version of him, we see tears. Yeah. I, I think this is all great, actually. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a really good scene. And it's not belaboured too long either. No, yeah, I was going to say, they, they, it's run for just about the right amount of time, and it's it's a really quite an emotional piece, actually. So, a really fun scene. Yeah, it's, it's not often we see, like, the the, fact the bad guy have, like, a bit of a, oh, moment. No, um, no, that's true, that's right, you're right, Chris. Um, but, yeah, so he instantly wakes up and, and then and then says, right, okay, we'll burn all the flowers. And was like, yeah, but what, what about the next king? He's like, next king? So, basically, he's come, like, <laughs> as all dictate. As all dictators do, they go like, nope, I have absolute power. You know, I am supreme ruler now. I'm changing things. Can't take any risk. And also that he hasn't seen the body. He doesn't know if Charles is going to come back. Yeah. He don't know if any of the other relatives are going to, like Shuri or something. Well, yeah, or any other threat, really. It's just eliminating threat. threat. Yeah, eliminating threat. It's quite a nice shot. I thought it's cliched on the page, but I like the shot from behind of him when it's all on fire. Yeah. That's actually a really nice shot. Again, it sounds cliched as shit, but it's nice. It's lovely. It was used in the trailers like as his introduction shot. Yeah. Uh, see, but um, but you don't know what you're looking at in the trailer, yeah. do you? So it works. I like all this. But again, we're, we're really we're hurtling towards Act Three now because it turns out they head for that tribe that won't join. Yeah. What, what because they called? Because they yeah they managed to steal one before he does that. Uh, one of the flowers, because their idea is, right, our only real option is to go to Umbarkle and then give it, and offer it him. Because he's because the only... they're the only, only ones sat outside. Yeah. Up yeah. in the mountains, Yeah, they're, they're, they're up in the mountains. The rest of the tribes are all sort of together in main, mm-hmm. mainstream Wakanda, if you like. The Jabari tribe, it is. Jabari yeah. Is one. yeah, so they go up to, because he did challenge before, so again, 
for all the flaws I've got, or that bit's a bit too long, or that bit's repetitive, or whatever, everything is set up and pay off, really. Him challenging at the start is relevant. He, he was... You could see why they would go to him, because he wanted to be king. He tried at the yeah. start of the film. And, yeah, he's he's probably the only one who has got, like... Could be a contender, like a physical threat... To him yeah, well. he did get he did give Charla a tough time. He did sort mm. of wound him and things like that. So yeah, that works. And of course, when they get there, he's actually got a comatose yeah. to Charla on ice, effectively. Yeah, because he was obviously very near death. So they they decided to give him the um, while the coma the, the magic stuff, and then uh... and that's it. He kind of he has another vision where he gives his father shit for it. Yeah, they cover him as per the ritual he's back on that sort of plane by the tree with his father he's t- he's saying how wrong his father was for abandoning his brother abandoning the rest of the world and that is the film's message really it's very globalization it's very integration it's very one world us all working together for the common good and stuff um we are the world we are the people we are the world yeah i mean i'm not i've got no criticism <laughs> of it at all but it is it has it has an agenda would be wrong because that says that suggests something insidious, but it has a viewpoint. Yeah. Um, one's a bad thing, one isn't. An agenda's a bad thing, a viewpoint isn't. I, we're straight into Act 3 now, and I'm going to run out of things to say because I don't like any of this. It's kind of boring. I mean, I kind of half think if they just fleshed out... I mean, I know it's kind of similar to what Marvel done. I wish with... that had, I wish that had been shorter and the stuff we've just discussed had been a bit... Given because, a bit more room to breathe. And I know I know they've basically just done that with Spider Man. Uh but wouldn't it be kind of a better if they just went, Well, oh, um you, you haven't got the powers but we've got the old suit, it's all we have and it's like it Jakar must now kinda of have to be up against uh an empowered uh killmonger and have to re refight him to even though he's just, he's just he always always got his is the old suit. Yeah. But, well, the tra- the train idea would still work if, even if exactly that's what I was thinking because it's like it, it's like oh I have to think tactically and get him and get him like near that to ha- yeah that would have worked quite possibly although bear in mind Peter Parker didn't lose his powers but yes he did lose his assistance. yeah but do you know what I mean like that kind of yeah. like I'll go back and I've no strong feelings about that I just think it's too long it goes yeah. on for fucking ever and it's supposed to build this idea I think of Wakanda as a as a tight community of people for the common good and stuff like that, yeah. and them all fighting back against any kind of tyranny. Um, and T'Challa obviously being a, be- a beloved king because eventually they do turn to help him. But it's just too long. I did a time check, there were like 30 minutes to go. That includes credits and stuff, but it's just too long. Yeah, and also, what does it mean for like uh, the Boulder tribe who basically just committed treason for, uh, for effectively? You know? I don't know. I mean, well, I don't know because what are um, the consequences of that. You know Daniel I mean? Kaluuya's character sort of yeah, changes side. What happened to them? Did they, apart from being attacked by the by the army? It's I mean, actually quite forgiving because Wakabi changes sides. That's where we learn he's with Akoya. He does change sides because he was in support of Killmonger, and he is. The implication is he's forgiven. So, so he T'Challa's just, come, he just def- come back to the fold. Yeah, T'Challa's obviously quite a forgiving type. Yeah. And at the same time, you've got um, uh, Martin Freeman in the virtual ship trying to f- stop the shipments of yeah, leaving. Yeah. 
basically that's what he's trying to do and that's the kind of the George Lucas editing idea of just having a couple of things going on so you can cut between things Yeah, yeah. really more than anything else because the film would have worked without that but it's alright yeah, well, it, it, it's it's kind of like you have to stop the, the villain's mission. So you have to, like, you know... I mean, It's got it, a purpose, yeah. but, like, had it never been there, it wouldn't have occurred to me. Yeah. Not really. But, yeah, I haven't really got a lot more to say now. Eventually it does end up with the two of them fighting down by the train line because the vibrations disrupt the suits or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found a lot of this boring. The, the only thing I will say is where it ends up, where the two of them end up, I will want to comment on, but have, have either of you got anything more you want to say about this this whole sort of 20-minute sequence of the film? No, just rhinos. Yeah, the rhinos are amazing. So we don't know too much about them. We just, we're just showing them briefly further on um, previously in the, in the film, and then he blows a, he blows a horn, and the epic battle rhinos appear, which is pretty crazy. But yeah, they could have done some, with some more spoon time, but I'd like to know more about the rhinos. Um yeah, as I say, it, it does feel like it's, it's really good. I've got no problem with like the action of it. The pacing is just probably a bit too fast, but it does feel a little bit rushed. So quite a lot of time in the middle, and then this end bit where all the stakes are, they just kind of feel like, right, this is what we're going to do. We're minutes. saying the same thing with almost contradictory language, because when you say rushed, you don't mean the action sequence at the end is rushed. You say, no, you're really. saying we rush to it. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Yes, it, then, it's getting there. And then luxuriated so. in this fucking action thing that went on forever. Oh. And it kind of... And it can, it kind of like glosses over the potential like loss of life in this big battle as well like because yeah. you have basically got like two people who we don't really want to see fighting but they are probably just like killing each other literally yeah and it's got very and it is relatively small scale this is this yeah. is a country this is a country at war now by the way you know what i mean yeah you know, there's probably about four dozen people it's like 40 um, people fighting on the field yeah, so it's I don't love any of this. I, I've I've enjoyed the film and the film is standing up to rewatches really well. But there were a couple of things that occurred to me. Obviously, he ends up besting um, Eric, and Eric is now dying. He doesn't want any help. He'd rather it is that paradise lost thing. Better to sort of uh, reign in hell than serve in heaven or something. Mm. In other words, he he doesn't want to stay there and serve under T'Challa's regime. If it's not going to be the way he wants it, he doesn't want to be there. But there are a couple of things I thought of. Firstly, that whole sort of crying to his father during the vision, it was meant to humanise him a bit and tell us things aren't all bad. He's a victim of his environment and his upbringing. Therefore, his death is not treated too brutally. He's carried out to see a sunset. He's treated quite tenderly by T'Challa. And visually, it reminded me of the end of the end of the second Blade film, yeah. where he takes her out to see a, bl- a sunrise, and obviously mm. that will kill her. That's all I wanted to yeah. say, really. I think yeah. they they treated the character with a little bit of um, a little bit of uh, empathy, and finished with a visual that was actually familiar to me. Yeah, there's a bit of um, like, oh well, we were enemies, but you know, essentially we we were we are by kind of blood and. In different circumstances, we should have been like you know allies to a degree. It's just shame. It's like cousin as well, doesn't he? And yeah. you had no chance. Yeah, you had no chance, and that plays exactly into what's coming next, and where Wakanda ends this film and T'Challa ends this film. Eric is actually the product of an environment. T'Challa is in position to alleviate and help and stop happening. Mm. Um, 
we, we can't just shut off from the world. We shut off from this young man, and look what happened. Now, they're not always going to be in the position to be a killmonger. But, you know, we found out earlier in the film he went into the forces and just killed like it was going out of fashion. So, I think this has a, a very profound effect on T'Challa. Yeah, and so but yeah, that's basically where he decided to set up. Like, he, he basically buys the area where uh, it all started in Oakland and and set, he set up like a, a centre of... An outreach centre. Yeah. He goes back to, he goes to Oakland, manages to know exactly what building he's going to and buys the building we see the kids on at the mm. very start of the film yeah. that building his uncle would have lived in and he says I bought that building and he points at the two either side and says those as well and this is going to be the first Wakanda outreach centre he says that Nakia will run the sort of outreach elements of it and he's he's asking Shuri to run the sort of technology exchange elements. Not going to be much of an exchange because they're miles ahead. But yeah. you know the the kind of collaboration. Dole out the information, can't they? And see, oh, they can dole out the information. And also, it will still need to be controlled. You can't just pour everything out mm-hmm. to everybody. So yeah, that's what it is. He's going to reach out and effectively help help the rest of the world. And then yeah, and the and the and the post credit scene is is basically just that again. It's like oh, he's out, he's making an announcement to he goes to the uh, UN, yeah, and then and says you know we're going to be players on the world stage, and they're like, what can you offer? You know, yeah. basically you're a basket case, and it's kind of oh, oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, well, it ends with him smoking. Hmm, you know more than you do. Um, everything because we have because <laughs> like, we are richer than you. Uh, and then the very post credit is uh, Bucky, I think. Bucky has yeah. been cured of the... He's been there that whole entire time, and they didn't bust it's him out. That, it's not that long. It's not that long. This no. is set right, not long after Civil War, don't forget. Yeah, it's, I think it's, it's only like last week, because it's just like, like his funeral. They've really. cured him in a couple of weeks, really. Yeah. Well, you know, months at, months at least, at, at most, sorry. That's it, Guardian, Guardians of the Galaxy, folks, <laughs> apparently. I don't know why I said that. It's fucking miles off. Black Panther, folks. Um, I'll go first, actually, on final thoughts, just because I think I've said most things. It's the devil's in the detail. There's bits I don't like. It repeats itself in places. Bits look like sets. The last act is shite. But it has themes. It has ideas. It has um, pride in what it's trying... It has a new world. It has pride in what it's trying to do. It has a kinetic villain, a villain, a kinetic lead that moves really well. It has lovely vis- vision. It, it, you know, it tells me. I think that um, Ryan Coogler is a fan of the James Bond series because he's at least fitted flavors of that into this. It's if you go in expecting get on up, it, or, you know that kind of charisma in a lead performance. Not literally, it's not. If you go in expecting a Bond film, it isn't. And I think I walked out a bit disappointed for some of those things that, you know, what I thought I was going to get, it wasn't. But, yeah, I, I haven't got a lot more to add because I've said it all. It is top-tier Marvel, just about. Mm. Yeah, Ryan Cooler wouldn't be bad as a Bond choice either, but um, for a director, that'd be weird to cast him in uh, actually in a role. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not an actor, are you sure? <laughs> ne- never, never acted before, <laughs> just directed films. And he's, uh, but no. Yeah, again, I, I agree with David. It's like um, it, it, it's almost like a breath of fresh air. It's done really, really well. It's a new, um, a, a new, a new world. Uh, good villains, a uh, good new character, and uh, yeah, we'll see where this goes. Uh, but yeah, but this is like really, 
this is definitely top tier in terms of the quality of the filmmaking this is top tier uh, the, the the last act lets it down but bar that FNAS is stellar yeah can't really add much more to that really um, as I say very much top 5 at least you know for its flaws top 5 if not top 10 Marvel definitely I say yeah the third act does drag me a bit but I say performances are all stellar um, visuals are fantastic um, I had a really great time enjoyed it and you know, if, if you want a really solid action adventure, then you can't do worse than Black Panther. Definitely, you have 100% fantastic time with it. You can't do better. You can't do better even. I know. Sorry, it's very late here, and I'm very tired. You have to excuse me. I do know that's what I meant. Um, yeah, you can't go wrong, basically. I, I, some, something, something's missing, though, Chris. Right. Uh, what do you think's missing? Well, I think, you know, I, I, I switched this film on and I, I just didn't know what... I didn't understand what I was looking at. I didn't understand what I was looking at. I don't think I understood any of the themes. don't think I understood any of the trivia around it. And it finished and I thought, this is groundbreaking, but I don't know why. Do, do you feel you need more facts? I think I need more facts, but I'm a bit worried because as Becca's pointed out, it's quite late. So if she just spills a load of facts at me, I'm going to fall asleep. What can we do about... But what if there was so more entertaining in more in more way? If it was like facts, but with an entertaining element. So something, a segment we might call entertaining knowledge. If it, information. Yeah. That doesn't sound right, though. Surely something a bit more alliterative and punchy, like fun facts. Becca. <laughs> Worst <laughs> infomercial ever. Do you like cheese? <laughs> Do you like the peas? Do you like to squeeze? Well, no, you can have the cheesy, squeezy peas. Yes, I wasn't quite sure what to do fun facts on, so I've got a whole plethora of, 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 um, of facts. Um, yeah, fun fact number one, Black Panthers are the national cats of Gabon and can leap up to 20 Of which country? A um, country called Gabon. Oh, um, Gabon, right. Yes. I, I thought you said Iran. <laughs> no. <laughs> a, bit, bit, a bit odd, right? Wrong continent, maybe? Um, but yes, um, they like to jump. They are the expert tree climbers, all the big cats, and can leap up to 20 feet to catch their prey. Experts? Experts. Like they are, they are the experts. Like courses on it. You can buy manuals written by a panther. <laughs> big cat experts, obviously. Um, they're the fifth largest cat species. Um, and panther, actually, obviously, as well as tigers, refers to two types of big cat, along with, um, obviously, leopards in Asia and Africa. And in the Americas, obviously, they're known as jaguars, as we all know. Um, fact number two. Oh, rubbish when it comes to any other languages that isn't basically, like, English or anything like that. English is equally bad, um, so I, I can't pronounce, but, yeah. Obviously, it's Greece! <laughs> That's it, pretty much. Obviously, um, yeah. The, the main, obviously, when not, not speaking, in, instead of instead of English, um, they do speak Wakandan. They speak Xhosa, um, Bantu language, which is the official language of Zimbabwe, as I mentioned earlier. Um, it's first language for 8.2 million people, and spoken by roughly 11 million people who speak it as a second language, um, in and around mainly the Cape area of, of South Africa. Um, it's a tonal language with a high and low tone. And click consonants, which is why I can't pronounce it properly. Um, famous Zosa people include uh, Nelson Mandela, Desmond Tutu, um, Trevor Noah, which I didn't realise. Obviously, he was, he was born in, um, in South Africa. 
um, and Miramakiba. And fun fact number three, gorillas are obviously the largest of the primates um, and could have to be up to 50 or 60 years old in captivity, obviously to die younger in the wild. Um, in particular, mountain gorillas obviously live at very high altitudes of 8,000 to 13,000 feet um, due to the thick hair, which helps them brave the sub-zero conditions. Um, the diet largely consists of leaves, shoots and stems, and sadly, humans are pushing them higher and higher into the mountains, obviously due to humans being bastards. Um, fun fact number four, Busan is a metropolitan city, as it is known, is the second most popular city in South Korea after Seoul, uh, with approximately 3.5 million people. It is um, it's obviously well known as a as a port, um, it's obviously the busiest in Korea and like the busiest in the world. Um, it's a city of festivals and film and was in 2014 bestowed upon it by UNESCO as a uh, the creative cities. Moffat number five, as we mentioned earlier on in the show, Black Panther is the first superhero movie to garner an Academy Award. Also, it had several nominations and it won Best School, Best Costume Design, and Best Production Design, and was the first Marvel Universe movie to win an Oscar. That's fun, folks. Um, social media, then, you can find me at theplastickid1976 mm. on Twitter. Uh, you can find all the old episodes on um, Cinematrucks.co.uk if it's not on iTunes, so uh, I suggest you go back and listen uh, to our old Bond stuff and, uh, and, and any other old episodes like the Rocky series. Uh, what what other good ones have we done? Star Wars. Yes, Star Wars, at Star the Trek, moment Rocky, we're Bond. obviously with the new one. Be I mean, I, in terms of my favourites, you know that might vary. But yeah, Star Wars we did all of over a couple of sittings, and obviously there's a bit of hype around that with the episode nine title being announced oh. about a week and a half ago from the perspective of people downloading downloading this. And yeah, so uh, if you want to go back and see what we thought of all the previous Star Wars films. Uh, that's all there, and we will get together later in the year to cover The Rise of Skywalker as well with Charlie Brigden. There's a link to that on our Twitter feed, I do believe. Yes, I did post that out, I think, on both of our pages a couple of weeks ago, a few days ago. Yeah. Um, Becca? Yes, you can follow us along on Twitter and Facebook, and also YouTube and iTunes. Um, Facebook.com slash Do you expect us to talk? On Twitter, we are at the expect us to talk. You can also drop us an email, expect us to talk at gmail.com. Let us know if you'd like to get in touch, please do. We'd be grateful to hear from you. Okay, folks. Um, that was film 18, and obviously the forthcoming end game is going to be the 22nd, so we're finally getting quite close to the, the line now. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, end game's coming at the end of the month. It'll be released. Well, it'll be released a few days after the episode we cover next, which is kind of uh, kind of timely, which means Becca. Getting to the big one now. Do you expect to talk will return with Avengers Infinity War? 